Can I just say the entire podcast has been Michael gaslighting me? There hasn't been a podcast yet. All right, now there's a podcast happening. <laughs> exactly. Welcome, welcome <laughs> gentlemen and ladies. XO, 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 I have is... a request. Oh, God. What? I have a request. Can I take charge just for a little bit? Just, yes. just for a little bit. Just Fine. for a little bit. Okay. God? All right, yeah. So I'm, I'm in charge of this podcast now. I'm running this Hoopaskatchus. Go! You motherfuckers! Welcome to the Unverse Cast! We're doing Twilight Princess today. It's gonna be great. But, this is the only time you'll hear me say this. But, fellas, I think it's time for fan fiction. Michael, <laughs> oh, no. will you have the honors? What is this? I was looking for this, and with a little help from my friends, I found it. Oh, dear. I, is, yes. this the, is this what I think it is? It's exactly what you think it is. <gasps> oh. oh, right, because when we read this, this was the podcast we scrapped, right? Yep. Oh, my oh God. Boy. And we're bringing it back, boys. <laughs> we're dredging it All out right. of retirement. So oh, I, I remember I, nothing about this, so this is good. I guess um, <laughs> I, we all have to read for our voices, for sure. Make um, sure that our audio works this time. Yeah, if anybody didn't know, this is our third time recording this, or second time. It's our second. It's our second time recording Twilight Princess uh, because and who the first was the time motherfucker it, that fucked it up? It actually wasn't you, Hadox. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was me. I don't remember, but someone's audio fucked it was, up. It was King it was King K. Definitely me. Oh my god, this is so King K old. Made a mistake. Jesus made a mistake? Hello? I'm like looking at this shit. It happened. This, All right. is, this is old. I, I think Michael should be the narrator and we should all do our own voices though. How, how does that sound? Let's do it. All right. In, in true fan fiction so. fashion, this now we, I, I hate the fan fiction segment now. I've come to hate it, but Why for is now, that? this is the first I've heard of this. <laughs> because it's named after you. <laughs> Excuse me? Michael, <laughs> shut up with a mouthful of peanuts. Get out of here. <laughs> Do you actually Please have peanuts tell me you're eating them without the shell. Roll the intro. Okay. Yeah. This is this is um Uncle Mike's fanfic corner. Evidently this is the last time we're ever gonna be doing this. Because no, Haydox no, has suddenly decided he's not like no, I was oh, joking. Was I love your fucking. Yeah, it was. I was just. <laughs> I'm kidding. But this would be such a great way to go out. Like a great note to go out on. <laughs> yeah, well, Ryan wants to end To be it fair, too. Ryan, any note <laughs> that would end this segment would be okay by you. I have a feeling. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Anyways, this is Unverse Cast, the fan fiction, written by a mysterious author whose identity may be revealed by the end of this fan fiction. So we're going to start. It was a blissful day down in Lazy Town. Flowers were blooming, birds were singing, kids were playing, indulging in delicious sa delicious sandwiches. All was swell until it happened. On this day came waddling in a fellow popularly known as Haydox. Yes, waddling. For Haydox had grown to the point in his life where his inner penguin genetics were being unleashed. A stressful time for a young man such as himself. People stopped, even stared into them, 
he had only one thing to ask. Excuse me, have you heard of, uh, have you played? Uh, can, can we start over? Hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll cut What's that my out. motivation? What's my motivation? Um, uh, hold on, wait, what no, was wait. your motivation when you actually put on the damn penguin suit and walked around? To bring back Club Penguin. Alright, so, okay, so keep gotta, that in your mind. That's your objective. Excuse me. Scene. Have you played Club Penguin? Citizens wait, no, let me get one more take. One more take. Excuse <laughs> me. Have you played Club Penguin? Citizens Excuse were flabbergasted, me. disturbed even. Through all the icy commotion came Mayor Milford Meanswell, mayor of Lazy Town. Oh my! He exclaimed. What, what is it that you're asking about, sir? Hey, oh, sorry. Haydox looked <laughs> defeated, hopeless even. It was coming true. Club Penguin was truly on its last legs. The awareness, the commercials, the pleas for people not play the game without their parents' permission. It was coming to an end. Oh, it's just uh, a web browser game where you get to personalize your your penguin. Hadox sighed. Hadox sighed and looked towards the sky. I traveled all this way, all this time, thinking that somewhere in the world the club penguin spirit was still alive. Just then, a particular voice boomed from the distance. It was none other than King K, also known as Dan. <laughs> hey, Dox. He seemed out of breath. The mayor ran back inside, fearing what may come. Hey, you just need to let it go, man. It's over. There are plenty of online games out there. Please, just come back. Never! Adox decreed. You think I have the motivation to continue rambling on the Inverse cast? There are more important things in life, Dan. If I don't pursue this, no one will. If I don't save Club Penguin, then... Then a part of me will die with it. King K let out a well-sounding sigh. <sighs> I didn't think my voice would be enough to bring you back. Which is why I brought... Quickly from the bushes emerged Ryan, formerly known I... as the Ryan Sucks at Video Games, now known as That's Rye Rule. how you know this is old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nox! Come back! He was nearly bawling. It isn't the same without you! There's no sarcastic jokes, no reminders of NX rumors! It feels like those times you'd go away for dinner time, except you never come back! Ryan proceeded to cry a bit on King K's shoulder. <laughs> Please come back! I miss you more than I miss Golden Sun! Adox's eyes widened. He looked at his feathery arms, then back at Ryan. Just as he opened his mouth and took a step forward, he felt a, felt a presence dash from behind him. It was Alec Alger, the side quest gamer. Hadox <laughs> turned around quickly in shock as Alec menacingly marched towards the Unversed trio. Hadox, are you surely leaving the Unversed cast? Why didn't you tell me sooner? It's been my prerogative from day one to be a part of the Unversed cast. Alex said, having a dashing look in his eye. The show can't go on without a fourth member, and it's too late to call the whole cast off. This is my time, my shot, and the best part is that you can finally pursue your own goals separately. 
Haydox glanced at his former crew, then back at Alec, who was raising his eyebrows in suspense. I'm not... I'm not sure. Maybe... maybe I should go back. Haydox pondered. But... I also need to rally up enough people to protest. I, I need to save Club Penguin. Feeling overwhelmed, Haydox flapped his wings and called out. He shouted and jumped, trying to get the attention of someone who could help him make the right choice. <laughs> but no one came. Well, Haydox, here, I've got an idea. Alec looked towards Haydox and held out his arm. I've brought a friend here with me today to encourage you to follow your dream. One who is also helping me pursue mine. <laughs> like magic, Alexander strutted in from behind Alec, lowering his shades to look at Haydox. Haydox, buddy, pile of mine! I've come here today to lend you some of my charms so my skills know what I mean. Eric smirked. <laughs> no, no I don't. What could you do that could help me get Club Penguin back on the map? Haydox asked, determined to find the answer. Listen, I've got a lot of subscribers. I'm rich. A lot of people who I could very easily inform about your little conundrum here. A lot of people who would join your cause. You'll be happy, Eric will earn his- Alec will earn his rightful role in the cast, and I'll get some more friends. Deal? Haydox he thought sounds for like, um, well, what's the guy from The Princess and the Frog? Like, I've got friends on the other side. Dr. Facilier. This is yeah, new. that's it's just Alexander. Imagine Alexander <laughs> in that role. I can! I can! <laughs> I can too. Oh uh, my god! <laughs> Haydox thought for a bit, looking to Ryan and King, Day, King K for validation. Despite <laughs> their is. protest, Haydox shook Eric's hands anyway. It's a deal. I need all the help I can get, no matter what it takes. This is my culture. Eric took his sacred hand back and laughed. And laughed. <laughs> and laughed. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> That's what his laugh sounds like. Suddenly, as if by complete witchcraft, a blinding light flashed from Eric's mangina. What? Yes, what? his mangina that formed upon him, hitting his peak annoyance levels against his brother, Exoparadigm Gamer. Hey, dogs, you big dumb dummy head. Nobody plays that shit anymore. I just needed the touch of your flipper to complete Alex's master plan. Eric obnoxiously <laughs> cackled. <laughs> <laughs> Alec's plan? What are you talking about? King K spoke, trying to shield his eyes. Alec raised his arms in a masterful fashion. My plan to take my rightful place as king of the inverse cast. Haydock shall enter the realm of Eric's Mangina, a realm of never-ending side quests. Then Axo, Ryan, and King K will have no choice to do as I say, in hopes that Haydox will one day return. Eric laughed once again. <laughs> and I'll gain Haydox's account information while he's away, giving me endless publicity. With his wit, editing skills, and critical thinking, I'll be able to trump anyone in my way. Even the game grumps. <laughs> Ryan wiped his tears away and charged after Eric, taking King K with him. Only for the trio to be transported to Eric's vicious regions unknown. But that's what would have happened if they weren't saved by a mysterious, beautiful white stallion who counteracted the weird magic of Eric's mangina. 
<laughs> Indeed. The stallion looks sternly at Eric, who can now only pull up his now sagging pants. Alec is nowhere to be found after the light faded. Adox got up and looked at his, his he majestic horse, then put his left flipper on its mane. <laughs> thank you. I'm not sure what just happened, but thank you. He smiled. King K rubbed his chin in deep thought. <laughs> Where might your master be? Dan asked politely. Being a stallion, the answer could not be spoken. But rather, the creature used its neck to hoist Ryan up onto its back. Ryan gleefully patted it and the group set out into the sunset. It was time, once and for all, to stop the bitter rivalry with the side quest gamer. <laughs> Alec had made his way to one of the four headquarters of the Inverse cast. He snuck into Exo's dorm room, ready to get his hands dirty. He was surprised to see that Exo was not even home, but his computer was. He sneakily tried every password he could think of for hours, HOURS! His plan with Eric might have failed, but if he had the information, he'd have the power. Unfortunately, it was too late. Somehow, the White Stallion stampeded through the college campus, unaware of Alec's location. Ryan hopped off, and together the three members of the Inverse cast ran in and cornered Alec. Give it up, Alec. I, I have another request. Like, during this editing, during, like, in post, can you put, like, that song from Shrek 2, I Need a Hero, like, during all oh, of this? Yeah. <laughs> Please. King K exclaimed. I can't give this up, Alec sighed. This is my dream. Over 100 reviews on my channel, <laughs> constant Twitter shitposting, and what do I get? Only simple mentions. I just want to be one of the boys, right? Is that hard to ask? Can I just say that Alec is the one thing that didn't really survive our reboot? <laughs> <laughs> Hadox and the others paused. Maybe they could afford to have him every now and then, as long as he didn't bug them with too much obscure NES trivia. In Soviet Russia, you watch my review of Karnov. <laughs> Abruptly, the stallion could be heard galloping down the hall of the dormitory and soon slid into Exo's chamber. Alec, for fuck's sake, stuff like this is why you're not on the inverse cast. Could it be? <laughs> The Stallion. It was Exo Paradigm Gamer all along. I didn't write this, oh by the way. Ryan dramatically held his arm to his forehead and dropped to the nearby beanbag chair in shock. King K <laughs> scratched his head. What on earth happened to you, Mikey? You've never called that? him Mikey in your life. <laughs> Exo turned his head to Dan and grumbled. This is what happens when you spend too much time putting up with the bullshit King Eric. I had to take over editing duties of Zebro's play again, and somehow the... Hadox began to laugh along with Eric. Hadox <laughs> <laughs> began to laugh along with Alec, wanting to hear more about Exo's story. The five began to have a chat, first detailing Michael's temporary transformation, then discussing a certain side quest Alec was reminded of as a result. Soon learning about Ryan's love for horses and video games, even eventually getting into one of those dang old Sonic rants. Hadox felt at home as the crew talked for hours, and Alec realized that maybe being a tyrannical overlord wasn't the way to get noticed after all. 
EXO realized that the group had been under-recording the whole the entire time and decided to upload the podcast for the lols. Everything oh and everyone God. was happy in the end. Later that night, in some far reaches of the world, a young man rested his fingers at his computer desk. Tired <laughs> from writing an elongated joke of a fanfiction, he went downstairs and grabbed some Mountain Dew Voltage. Coming back up, he saw that a new episode of the Inverse cast was waiting him. He let out a sigh and both relief and contempt, realizing that he spent hours of plenty thinking up a ridiculous story based on four, five, possibly even six dudes who enjoyed themselves some Vigi games. Now that, now that, my friends, is worth a swig of voltage. Ready to have two more hours of his life fl fly by, he sat down, grabbed some popcorn, and threw off his black hoodie. Damn. Hold on, wait, I have a sound bite. Wait, wait where is that it? That was beautiful. I'm so happy we, we revisited that. <laughs> I'd and it felt fresh. Like, the only uh, part I remembered is that I was a stallion. That was it. <laughs> I hate to do this to you guys, but my audacity stopped working, like, five will, minutes ago. I will fucking eat your face. I'll just have you- whatever, we'll just have you dub it in later. I don't care. No, no, it's- it did not, Michael. Of course it didn't. I will eat your fucking face. Oh, that- I'd like I... Ryan to eat my face. I've never been recording the whole time. <laughs> oh, well, hey, Audacity. that would make the second time. Oh no, I was recording in Photoshop! <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck! This is very topical because I haven't uploaded in a while, so it's it's topical, it's relatable. See, theme, themes of me not being online. At the what did you say, Exo Paradigm Gamer, when you interrupted me? You were too busy studying at the Club Penguin Monastery in the Coches Mountains. <laughs> okay. Alright. Let's go with that, Michael. Anyways. Uh, welcome back to another one of our boring podcasts. Today, yeah. we're gonna As be talking- As Eric once called it, the C-SPAN of video game podcasts. <laughs> and he's not wrong. Um, so today we're here we're to not. talk about- <laughs> I would say we're more like, uh, hmm, I would say we're the Fox News of video games, honestly. <laughs> Isn't that what I was going to say? What were you going to say, Ryan? I was going to say the Young Turks. Okay, well, why do they call that? I'm better than you! Well, Ryan, you, you're you a race crispy. Like, why way. would you, why would anyone, like, are they Turkish? Michael, Is that why let's talk about the, the Calvin and Hobbes. Know. Let's talk about Calvin and Hobbes. We're getting off, we're not talking about this, Michael. We're talking about <laughs> Twilight Princess. Yes. I thought we were talking about Calvin and Hobbes! Well, we can talk about so Calvin. today we're going to be talking Calvin. about John Calvin and Thomas Hobbes. Uh, King K, two economists before this shit gets out of hand. Grab grab a hold of Exo's neck and strangle him and talk about <laughs> Twilight Princess. Why you little? Why I'm you so, little? Okay, so no. I guess we're talking about Twilight Princess instead. More like yeah. Toilet Princess. <laughs> yeah, it's the le the lesser of the two, but you know, <laughs> you gotta concede somewhere. Um, I think this is probably my favorite Zelda game. Really? Probably. Big, it's big either that statement. or Majora's Mask. I like them for different reasons. Big statement um, for a little man. But yeah, I really, I rather enjoy this game. There are things. As, 
Do I? Whoa! I tried to act shocked. <laughs> we, we've recorded this before, in case you didn't know. <laughs> I, uh, I'll make a hot what? take. I'll make a yeah. hot take. Just starting this off. This is my uh -huh. least favorite Zelda game. I, I, all I heard w was favorite Zelda game. <laughs> so that means Twilight Princess is favorite Zelda game. <laughs> no, I said I fucking hate this game. Nope. You uh -huh. love it. No, I, I hate this Mindless game. Waifu. I, I despise right. this game with we an undying passion. We can't be friends anymore. We, can, we can't uh, be friends anymore, I hope you know that. I don't like this game at all. Uh, I, think, I think Miyamoto should have put it in the ground. He should have... You know, never. You should have ended Zelda. Sold it. Should have sold it to Sony. Um, I don't like this game at all. Yeah, you know, I don't know because like, I feel like there was. I have. I don't even pretend to know what the consensus is now. But like, there was. I remember there was a point where it was like the. Uh, not necessarily the black sheep, because I guess Majora's Mask was the black sheep. And then Wind Waker was oh. the black sheep. Maybe it just shifted up. I, I recall a time where Twilight Princess was not as highly favored as it is nowadays. As do I. I mean... Like, that, I, that's just kind of the thing with Zelda games, is that... Like, you know, when... Like, with Wind Waker, you know, people didn't like that. And then Twilight Princess came out, and the people went to Wind Waker... Skyward Sword. I'm pretty sure we've even we've even talked about this before. It's just like it seems like as if with every single new release, that the old game is suddenly good and the new game is suddenly poo poo garbage. I mean that might be true to some extent, but um, I feel like for Toilet Princess, haha, funny joke. No one's ever seen <laughs> heard that before. Hehe. <laughs> uh, I think, I think like uh, you know like. When you compare the Wind Waker to Twilight Princess, uh, in terms of like consensus, it's just no contest, really. Well, well <laughs> let me, because like as a kid, I saw the Wind Waker. <laughs> uh, me personally, as the wind, when I saw the Wind Waker as a kid, you know, it was a cartoony, fun art style. Then I looked at Twilight Princess, and I'm like, this is realistic. It's not colorful, so therefore, I want to play. I want to play Wind Waker because it has big colors. You know, it's funny because I grew up. Wind Waker was my first, yeah. and then I moved on to Twilight Princess like it was nobody's business. See, and like, wow, I like remember a... I remember when, when I first saw the trailer for this thing, like, I was, it was on the internet, and I had no, I didn't really know what the internet was at the time, but someone leaked the E3 uh, trailer from like 2004, like the reveal trailer for it, and I played Ocarina Major, like, I played every 3D Zelda game up to this point, and then I saw Twilight Princess, like, I saw that trailer, and it was the most hype shit I have ever seen at that point. And I could not wait for this fucking game. And I, I, I remember specifically that this game kept getting delayed and de like this was this was like my childhood's Breath of the Wild, where it's just like the game. I wanted this game so fucking bad, and it kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And there was this clerk at GameStop that I pre-ordered the game from. He was being an asshole about it. He kept telling me he's like, "Oh yeah, to come out next month. Next month's game." It didn't fucking come. like this. This fucking guy sent me on a goose chase, and I fucking hate him. But he threw in a strategy <laughs> guide for free. You know, the same thing happened with Super Paper Mario. It was supposed to be a GameCube game, and then it's just like, "Oh, I'll go ask about that." And it's just like, "Oh, sorry, that game got delayed." Then all of a sudden, it was just a Wii launch title. It was a launch title for the Wii. Yeah. 
Yeah, I played it on the Wii. No, 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 no. Super Paper Mario. Yeah, Super Paper Mario was like a launch title for the Wii. I didn't know that. Yeah, oh. I think they both did the same thing. Because it's like, I know, in terms of like, like under the hood, and I've done some Wii modding or at least opened up the case and stuff, and it's just like the Wii is smaller and more compact, but in terms of hardware, it's really not that much of an improvement over the GameCube. Um, so it's like it was <laughs> well, very that's probably easy. why they were able to release it on GameCube and Wii at the same time. Yeah. But as you were saying, Ryan. Oh, no, it's, that's really just my, my story about it, is that it was hype as shit, it kept getting delayed, and there was a clerk at GameStop who was being an ass about it. But I got the GameCube version, and I played through the GameCube version, and the GameCube version's actually kind of rare, it's like, it's kind of considered a, a, really? a collector's item for uh, GameCube collectors, yeah. I it's didn't not know like, that. It's not it's... like the most valuable GameCube game, like, it's not like Cubivore or well, Gotcha yeah. Force or anything like that, but it's, it's pretty... It, it's it's a pretty big game for the GameCube, anyways. It's pretty mm. valuable. Like it's as, like as far as I know, the GameCube version was considered the better of the two for the time. At the time, it was just because it didn't have motion waggle. But even then, like with the Wii version, you got aiming, which is better. So, like with the motion controls, yeah. legit. So, <laughs> and Ryan saying that motion controls improve something is very rare. Ladies well, I mean, here, here's my little stance on motion controls, and we'll also get into this with Skyward Sword as well. I think motion controls is, it, like, it all depends on the controller that you're using. I think if you're using, like, the Wii Remote or the, uh, even, like, the, the Joy-Cons for the Switch, it's, like, the way how they are shaped, it is natural to just point them at things and move them around. You know? Like, yeah. if I'm playing, like, a shooter on the Wii, that feels natural. If I'm playing like shoot, if I'm playing like a shooter on the Switch, and I can have like gyro controls where I just like aim with the one controller, like if if the motion controls acts as like the right analog stick, if one controller acts as that analog stick, it's fine. But if I'm moving a brick around, like for the Wii U or for the 3DS, I hate that shit. I hate it. <laughs> you know, Th that don't feel natural to me. Twilight okay. Princess, it feels fine. Skyward Sword, for the most part, it feels fine. So, I I know personally <clears> when <throat> I um was coming into my gamer years i i played i i again i'm i'm probably going to be the odd man out of this podcast because even today i i'm not too fond of twilight princess and i can get into my reasoning as to why um but i remember as a kid i vehemently hated this game because i thought the intro was super boring um and, and that was my first impression of it. That's all I remember. We, I, I remember sitting at my friend's house. We put in Twilight Princess. We had to do the goat mini game. And we were just very bored by it. So we just like switched to like Streets of LA. Which is like a GTA clone. <laughs> where you can play a Snoop Dogg. So. <laughs> I mean. That's quality. Existed. Yeah. Again, to... I don't hate this game saying I prefer it. I mean, like, I nowadays we can get into our perception of it, but, you know, I, for me, it's like, I wouldn't, if, if I want to play a Zelda game, I wouldn't play this one. I would play like Breath of the Wild or Majora's Mask again, or even Ocarina of Time 3D. I'll, we'll we'll leave that there. King K, what are your first experiences with this game? 
I played the Wii version religiously. Like, I mean, I played that bastard like 10 times maybe when I was like in the three years after it came out. I was just like, I loved that game. Um, makes it really, it made it really weird to adjust to Twilight Princess HD because it flips the fucking map, but that's a whole other thing. Um, I, th I thought I only did that in the master I, I mode. I still get weird, like, I, I, playing the HD version today, I still get weird, like, phantom pain almost, like, because I'll go left and I'm like, why is nothing where it's supposed to be? And <laughs> yeah. I freak out a little bit sometimes, there. but that's just my own deal, I guess. Because, like, the whole reason <laughs> that that happened was um, developed for GameCube, uh, then it's just like, you gotta make it for the Wii, and it's like, alright. But wait a minute, <gasps> Link holds his sword in his That's left right. hand. That's right! And most human mirrored. beings on the planet are right-handed. What the fuck do we do? Apparently the easier solution to that problem was to just flip everything in the game. <laughs> I yeah. forgot about that! <laughs> oh, man. It was weird, because... My friend had the GameCube version, and I'd go over and we'd play it together. And I'd be like, what, dude, why is it flipped? Like, it would always freak me out. Because I'm like, why is everything not where it's supposed to be? But then, of course, I played like 80% of the game with the Wii version, so the HD version still freaks me out a little bit. I mean, I'm mostly used to it now, but especially when that thing first came out, I was like, oh god. Now, like, I think if you play on <laughs> Hero Mode in the HD version, it's the Wii layout. Yeah, but that annoys the fuck out of me. Because why don't you just make it an option if you're gonna go that well, far? Well, yeah, I just... agree. <laughs> because my, my be problem so, was like... the opposite. I was used to the GameCube layout, and then I pop it in on HD, or Wii U, and I'm just like, well, of course I want to play the harder mode, because this game's easy as shit, one of the few criticisms I have of it. And then it's just like, the map is flipped. And it's just like, well, fuck, now I gotta deal with this. Yeah, yeah, Ocarina I mean, of Time like, 3D did the same thing with its Master Quest mode, where, like, everything was in reverse for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Which to makes fair, sense for that. When I, play on <laughs> when I play on Hero Mode, I'm back in my element. But I'm also, like, halfway adjusted to the GameCube version already, so it just gets real jumbled. Yeah. But, I mean, that, that was my childhood experience. I just played the Wii version a lot, and my friend had it as well. We kind of bonded over it a lot. We'll talk about it sometimes. Still, my sister and I played this game together. Hmm. The the, yeah, the only human on the planet who hates Mario more than you. Very true. I it's it's true. This would, podcast like, is gonna bum me out <laughs> because I have like no positive experiences worry, of this Hidox, game. Hidox, I accept <laughs> you as you are. You I know, accept you. The funniest, I think, the shittiest thing about this game is that um, one of my worst memories regarding this is that this was the last game Nintendo sent me in the ambassador program before they kicked me out. So oh. that 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 doesn't contribute to my feelings uh, on the game itself, but you know, uh, it, it's it's just like Association. a bad memory associated. Yeah, yeah, it's associated with it. It's like, damn, what a game! <laughs> <laughs> like I so, what a game so me personally, <laughs> uh, little Mikey <Yeah. laughs> was about twelve years old. What, did this come out in 05 or 06? 06. 06. Definitely okay. not 05. Um, well, whatever. At that point, I had just moved to a new town, and I didn't know anybody. 
and it was kind of dark and miserable over in that part of the state. It was like just like the game itself. Hey, <laughs> well, kind of. Um, but what I what I'm saying is that that was not a good time for the Exo Paradigm gamer. Uh, so for you historians out there, uh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> I distinctly remember lore. this, like, on the first day of class, like, Eric tumbling down a slide on the playground and getting <laughs> wet and getting, like, really upset. So that's the, that's the kind of place <laughs> he and I were in. Um, so then, uh, for whatever reason, we stopped at a Target one day and I saw Twilight Princess, and I was looking forward to it, but it's like, like Ryan, I wasn't used to getting gaming information from the internet yet. That was still kind of an... Well, I mean, part of it was just our age group. Like, I'm sure if I was 26, I would be looking at the internet for stuff, but you get what I'm saying. Um, so I was just like, I was looking forward to this game, but the damn thing never came out until it suddenly was out. Um, so then I'm like, oh, okay, so I'll buy this. And I got it on GameCube, because Eric and I didn't have a Wii yet. Um, mm. And then I played it, and something about it instantly connected with me. And I think that's the difference between me and Hadox is it's like everybody talks about how horrible the intro is, and we'll get into that. <clears throat> but for me at the time, yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, but for me at the time, I didn't really care because I was into the world. Like the world seemed really interesting and different from Wind Waker. Because uh, you have to understand, I didn't play the N sixty four games beforehand, so my only point oh, of reference oh, what was is Wind that? Waker. <laughs> what the fuck? What? what? Hold on, wait, wait, hold on. Did you hear that? No. no. Wait. Oh my gosh. That scared the fuck out of me, Michael. Oh. <laughs> what? what scared you? <laughs> okay, hold on. Holy shit, I need to process what just happened. So... <laughs> what happened? On, on my <laughs> end, your audio went... And it just kept going that for an uncomfortable amount of time. And, and, and I was like fucking panicking. I'm like looking around like, what is happening? Am I having a stroke? What's happening? What the fuck, so, Michael? Um, Nobody else yeah, heard the, that? Uh, it sure did bother me. There's something about, because it's like my only point of reference for Zelda going. was Wind Waker. And I think Link to the Past on Game Boy Advance. And maybe Minish Cap was out by then. And I played that. But it's just like, this was the first time I got to play a traditional Hyrule in 3D. And to, and to me, it was far more satisfying and engaging than the Great Sea ever was. And that, to me, really helped cement the game. And I liked kind of... What I liked about the intro was how we kind of saw Link's day-to-day -day life. So before the point where things go sour and he's forced to go on this quest you actually like care or give a crap it's like if that intro section wasn't there and you didn't get to know the kids and stuff it's like you'd have no emotional attachment to them getting kidnapped it didn't need to be as long as it was but we'll we'll get to that and it's just like from there like the moment you jumped into the forest temple i was completely hooked and sold on this game and i couldn't put it down and this this you know, to I, me I, yeah. No, I was going to say, because uh, you were talking about how you saw this game, it, how it just suddenly came out one day. It just, it, it, it brought something back to me. Like, I just, I, I remember something about this game, too. Because, like, I, I would also, like, watch other trailers that would come out for this game. And I would also, I also had, like, Game Informer at the time. 
And I would like flip through the magazines trying to see if they had like any new information on the game. And if they did, I got really happy. Uh, but then I also remember that like, I don't know if the Wii version came out first or if they came out at the same time. They probably came out at the same time. But I remember seeing it on the Wii first. And it was at that point where they were starting to phase out GameCube games like Target and GameStop and shit. And I was freaking out because I had this pre-order for the GameCube. And so it went by for like a week. And then I went to a GameStop that was like way, way far away from the one that I normally go to. And I asked the guy, I'm like, did this game ever come out for the fucking GameCube? He's like, yeah, dude, it's been out for like two weeks. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I still have my fucking pre-order over there. So we bolted over to the other GameStop and the guy says, yeah, we was wondering when we were going to pick up this fucking game. And I told him, you said it was delayed for another fucking month. Fuck you. And that's when I got my strategy guide for free. <laughs> and then okay. my brother stole it dude i i still have my strategy guide that i got with the game you know fun, yeah, no, my brother story. stole it uh i had a wind waker strategy guide that i lent to a friend who was who was like trying to figure out wind waker and then i just never got it back and it's like one of those things that every once in a while i think about and it's just like oh yeah i used to have a prima strategy guide for the wind waker and it's gone now. And, and some asshole toward like the C chart. There's like a C chart in the very first page. And some asshole tore it out without paying for the book. So <gasps> then I bought the book and didn't have the chart. What a dick. So yeah. I didn't even think about the fact you could do something like that. Yeah, fuck you, guy. So yeah, I played this game religiously, much like King K. And it was like, at the time, if you had asked me, I would have said this was my favorite game of all time. And, uh, you know, it's kind of difficult to untangle that, because it's like, you'll remember in the last podcast when we were talking about the Wind Temple, how I said, I can play that temple now and have, like, no problem with it. But back when I was a kid, I fucking hated it. And it's that memory from when I was a kid that's most prevalent when I think about the Wind Waker, not necessarily how I would experience that temple now. And the same thing kind of applies to Twilight Princess, except in reverse. When I think about Twilight Princess, I think about uh, all the summers I spent playing this game over and over, and how much I got into the world and the story for what it was, and you know how new and fresh and adult this game seemed. To 12 year old Michael um, but then it's like I'll come back to it and play it again and I'll be oh, like goes yeah again. I kind of see why people don't <laughs> I kind of see why people wouldn't like this and why are you laughing because it happened again <laughs> Discord keeps glitching. <laughs> you sound fine to me. Like I, I you, you, it's not happening on my end. Hey, it's probably your laptop. <laughs> This is very but, strange. Yeah, so... Hold, wait, no, can we please? This is weird. What's happening? Discord's <laughs> bugging. That's what's happening. But It's okay, Haydox. The Discord oh. can't get you. <laughs> Some weird shit's been happening lately. Did I tell you I got almost got in a car crash yesterday? No. How did this happen? Somebody pulled out in front of me, and as I was, like, going in the lane, they almost fucking barreled into me. Oh man. Good thing you're Just okay. Weird shit. True story, bro. Yeah, I mean, it was scary. I fucking hell, what is I don't know. Um I I'm sorry for interrupting you, Michael. <laughs> I I love it when you actually talk 
about your positive experiences, and it sounds like you're recounting this emotional, wondrous thing you experienced, and I interrupted by laughing at a Discord glitch. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. would like to personally apologize to King K. <laughs> okay. Michael, please continue if, if, if it happens again. I mean, I'm gonna let you finish, Michael. I'm gonna let you finish, but please continue. I am finished. So, boys, where do we begin? I want to start out <laughs> with the music. Okay. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, it's what a an weird... unorthodox choice. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Uh. <laughs> I. I, wasn't I really. For this, this early. I really um, love the music in the game, bro. I think it's great. I, um, I, I do too. I agree. I, I I like it. Though nowadays it's it's a little weird for me to listen to because mm. it, you know because the music in this game is sequenced, right? XO, like that's the right word, sequenced. Um, most of it is. There are yeah. a handful of like boss themes and stuff that are actually orchestrated. And like for me, it's pretty noticeable now because it uses the same kind of like sound font that's in. Uh, another GameCube game, Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. And I remember I was playing that a few years ago for the first time, and I'm like, wow, this sounds exactly like Twilight Princess. And then there's a part in the credits theme where, or no, it's Ike's theme, excuse me, uh, where there's like a violin that's being played. I'm like, no, that's exactly from Twilight Princess. What the fuck? So it's a little distracting now, but for what it is, the melodies are good. It's just now the sequence, music, whatever you want to call it, it's distracting. And I can't enjoy it as much Man. as I did back then. I love this soundtrack for reasons I never expected I would. It's just that there's so, like... Like, you get, like, the Twilight Realm. Yeah. And, I mean, like, people complain about the fart sound effects from the enemies. But, like, in terms of the actual music that's going on, I, it's just, like... something. It's like, uh... What, what instruments does it use? It sounds kind of electronic, almost. Like In the Twilight Realm? Yeah, you know, like when like there's, it's almost like it's like piano synth. likes it's synth. yeah synth. That's yeah. the word synth. I really like that the use of synth. There's there's game. so much variety in this soundtrack. Um, like oftentimes Zelda music uh, has like um it it kind of uses the same instrumentation to deliver like a similar theme like. Um, a good example of that is in The Wind Waker, where you get, like, a, a lot of, um, you know, string instruments, a lot of, like, um, uh, woodwinds that accentuate a lot of that. Uh, there's, like, a very specific style. Uh, it's very tropical. It, it feels like an ocean sort of thing, but with Twilight Princess... There's so much variety in the world design that the music really reflects that. Like, uh, like you said, I mean, you have the synthy music in the Twilight Realm, and then you contrast that to, like, basically the best Hyrule Field theme, honestly, in a Zelda game. I mean, it's yeah. not like Breath <laughs> of the Wild compares it... <laughs> in that regard. <laughs> I remember yeah. when I downloaded, this was in 2008 or something. I downloaded the Hyrule Field theme as an MP3 on my desktop mm. and blasted it and looped it on I mean, my desktop computer, which was a family computer at the time. 
Also, um, and I just I just blasted the song when no one was home. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Correct. You know, me I if like I'm... the night theme for Hyrule too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I really like no. it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Can I? I is this like the first time they've had um, like event music too with Midna's Hadox. lament? Hadox disappears. What? What happened? Uh, he's gonna not make videos for a period of time following now. <laughs> Oh! <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Something hey, happened. Next, can you repeat your question? Because we didn't hear any of that. Something... Uh, something's up. <laughs> Unversed cast has been hitting different these days. <laughs> I I was gonna say... Um, is this like... Is Midla's, Midna's Lament like the first time a Zelda game has had like a very specific track for an event? You know what I mean? No. Is it? No. Uh, I I don't know which would be the first, but I know that in Wind Waker, uh, the part where you're going from, like, you know, you go to the third, uh, the, the island that gets destroyed, and then you go to Windfall, then you go to Outset, there's a very specific theme that plays, mm. and... It's like, it's like the, the... Yeah, it's the ocean theme, but there's a bit of Ganon's theme in it as well. So, there's that. If you want to count the the song that plays in Ocarina of Time when you're escaping the Ganon's castle, I guess you can count that too. I I feel like, I shouldn't say the first then, but I think Minda's Lament is like the most impactful event song of the series by far. I can agree. Uh, you know, they're... I accidentally skipped the cutscene before that, and I was so Ooh. confused. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Midna's Lament is like definitely. I think it's one of the most popular songs from the game. So, and I, it, deservedly um, so. I mean, it is fucking musically genius. Just, I would have a hard time picking my favorite song. Yeah, but I. You know, you know, like you listen to like the dungeon themes don't really have a lot of substance, but I just like listening to them sometimes. Yeah, mm. I know what you mean. I don't like, especially the city in the fucking sky, which is my favorite dungeon, by the way. Yeah. Holy fuck! I love the city in the sky, and the music is like, there's just something so like ethereal about it. It's like, goddamn, I love listening to that song. I also, um, I. I, I think, too, that this game has a lot of relaxing music, which I really am a big fan of. Elias' uh, theme is one of my personal yes. favorites. I mean, you have that, you have the Great Fairy Fountain, you mm-hmm. have um, the forest. I forget what the forest is called, but that theme is very... Orden, right? Yes, Orden? the Orden Fairy Orden Forest. Baron Woods. Baron. Okay, whatever. Yes. Uh, you know, every... There's so many tracks that are very minimalistic and they have a very nice melody that like you can put on in the background and you know like write an essay write a script or whatever uh i mean i i did that several times with this music you know usually the two i go back and forth on a lot are the city in the sky and the palace of twilight you know uh yes. there's uh, yes. One thing I yes. like about this game too is that when you go to the Temple of Time for the first time, not the actual <laughs> dungeon part, but the the beginning part with the pedestal, 
it plays the actual music and it's, it's ripped straight from Ocarina of Time. And I remember little baby Ryan playing this for the first time. I was, that, <laughs> little baby Ryan. I, my mind was fucking blown <laughs> at the smithereens. I'm like, I was freaking out. Yo. I can't even replicate it. I was losing my shit. I'm like, I know what that is! I clapped I when recognize I heard it. that! It broke <laughs> new ground! Um I think also something we should discuss uh, is the story. Because well, actually, uh, before we do that, yeah. I, I, it's I time for fan fiction, for folks. No! <laughs> <laughs> because like I remember again. When I was when I was a kid, and I was following this game to the T, rewatching all the trailers, reading all the articles, all that kind of stuff. And this is when I noticed that games kind of change a lot when you know when they're being made until when they're being released. And I, I noticed that there was a lot of stuff that was missing from Twilight Princess. Like there was that part in one of the trailers where you're running away from like the giant spider. Like there was that. Uh, it looked like as if the boss, like the second boss that you fight in the Goron Mines, it looked like that was going to be more involved, but it wasn't. Like, I remember playing this game, playing through it, and then I, I, I'm i noticing things like, no, this was in the, like, there was a thing in the trailer, and it's not in the final game. What the fuck? Like, that was, it doesn't really have anything to do with anything, but it's just one of my experiences with Twilight Princess. It's kind of like let down that, oh, hey, they, they took this thing out that I wanted to see happen in the game. Fuck. But yeah, let's talk about the story. I like yep. it. I, 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 uh, I know for me, uh, we can start out with spoilers because anybody who's everybody watching this podcast is already, uh, you know, played the game or don't really care about spoilers. Can I just say that <laughs> for me, uh, the biggest mindfuck was the fact that Minna was like, the Twilight Princess. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, oh, yeah? I'm like, that. that's her. The, the title of the game is a is about Midna. That's the name <laughs> on the box. Whoa. Did anybody else feel that way, or is it just me? Well, I, I remember want... I felt that way when I found out that, uh, who sure Princess Zelda I was in Ocarina of Time. So. some point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I did at some point. I want I to say that in the manual, there was a picture of a humanoid Midna. I like, hope not. Uh, like, I want to say that that was something that was there, and so I sort of knew that wasn't her true form, but uh, yeah, I don't think I... Because it's like right in one of the first cutscenes when you first meet Zelda, Midna calls her the Twilight Princess, so I thought, oh, it means Zelda. And then until the... It, you don't really understand that until the end. The variant. So. Hmm. Okay, I, I, I just had another blip in my brain. And I just... I realized something too. And this is something that they even overlooked. Because this game was originally... Gonna, again, not really anything to do with story, but something that I just remembered. That this game was supposed to have a magic meter. And in the back of the box, on one of the pictures, the magic meter is there. I remember looking at that and be like, oh, there's a magic meter, and then you play through the entire game, you're like, there's no magic meter. What the fuck? Sorry for derailing. Continue. Yeah, and they probably should have had a magic meter. they didn't add a magic meter. Yeah, but I'm it's so weird, it's, it's like it was there, and it's on the box, and then they took it out. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. Um, I don't get it. <laughs> it was probably a last-minute change. Anyways. Um... <laughs> 
Sorry. So yeah, I like there were aspects of Wind Waker's story that were really compelling. Um, but for whatever reason, when I was a kid, this was this game connected with me a lot more. And I'm not really sure why that is. Maybe it was that we it because like I guess at the time I was used to more cartoony looking games. And this was one of the first games I ever played to have a quote-unquote realistic art direction. It's not really that realistic nowadays, like, you look back at it and some... Like, there's a child character in the game who literally just looks like a baby. And I've always called him <laughs> the baby. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's just okay, like... Okay, Samus. <laughs> there's, like, a lot of, um... Weird character designs as well, like that one guy at the cuckoo flight minigame with like the weird clown face mm -hmm. you know so there's there's some pretty crazy character designs in this game as well but it's just like the texture work and stuff <coughs> I mean going from you Wind okay? Waker yeah I'm fine going from Wind Waker to this was like like you already heard Hadox's take on it but for me it was the opposite I was not used to seeing or playing a game that looked like this because I had a GameCube I did not own a PlayStation I did not play Call of Duty, even though that franchise was very different back then. You know? Um, so that, I think that's part of why it appealed to me at the time, is I felt like I was playing a mature game, in quotes, even though... It's really not that much darker or more adult than Wind Waker, only like, only like, visually. So, um... Well, it's like, I, I remember when I first met Midna that that was very uh, compelling. It's just like, who is this character? And then I liked her that she was kind of like sassy and, you know, kind of subversive and makes fun of you. And like, like even use transforms temporarily into Ilya to like motivate you to want to help her. Like she like tugs at your heartstrings intentionally. Yeah, I think she works because she's not really a dick. She's more just like... What's the... I don't know what a good word for it is. But she's not, like, mean. She's just kind of, like, playful, I guess. Yeah. Hey, I, I think in the beginning she's kind of a dick. There's, like, a scene early well, on. I mean, that, that's also, like, like, the first time you meet her. So well, I don't know if that's... I mean, like, even in the part where you're trying to get all the bugs in, uh, in Kakariko and you're in the burning building, she just leaves you. She's like, oh, this is romantic, but, uh, bye. She leaves you to explode. It's not cool. Yeah. It's not cool, Minda. Uh, I... This... This was, well, like... Well, that, that it's also because I think she probably doesn't care about you at first. Yeah, like a dick. And I think the point I think the point of it all is that she grows more fond of you over time. Yeah. But I, I never interpreted that as her just being a straight up dick. But <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you're if you're leaving me to fucking explode in a building. Well like I mean who the fuck are dick. you? Like she she like when you play the game through, she has more important shit to take care of, you know? Yeah. But fuck, you've been up with me until this point. It's like, no, you don't and it's get like, your ass back out here. You, com no. you compare her to, like, Navi, who has no character at all. Then Tattle, who is kind of a similar character, but not as fleshed out. And then the King of Red, Red Lines was obviously, like, very amicable and, like, a role model and stuff. She was very different and intriguing. 
And yes. it was like an incentive to keep playing the game because you there was like clearly clearly a story there. Um, and you wanted to know what it was, so you pushed forward, and it's just... I thought... I also, like, I don't know how other people feel about this, but, like, just the whole concept of the Twilight, I thought was really fascinating, and it felt like Hyrule was actually in some kind of danger. Um... Yeah, well, that shit actually... It didn't... It was like a kind of foreboding terror when I was a kid. Yeah. It's like Silent that Hill felt... for seven-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> like, playing the game, it, I always felt like something was not right for the majority of the playthrough. So that was very effective in setting that up. Yeah, I mean, like, in retrospect, thinking about it now... Like, you do get a couple of scenes where people are, like, hiding and hunkering down, like, scared out of their wits that these shadow beasts are gonna come and, like, either eat them or transform them into a shadow beast. It's like there's that scene in Kakariko Village where, like, everybody's, like, hunkered down and, like, yeah. uh, the one girl, Beth, starts crying. You know, it's, it's like, that scene was really effective, but other than that, it just seems like, like, especially when you're, like, searching for the Tears of Light, that everybody's just kind of going about their own business. In Hyrule Castle Town, yeah. And, like, they haven't even noticed that there's, like, a twilight thing happening so that's kind of like yeah. a knock against the plot i guess is that doesn't really feel like the stakes are as high as they should be and even then the whole twilight thing and hyrule is kind of resolved by like the halfway point so it's like actually more like the i never first felt third. like it like i always felt like tensions were high you know when you go in telma's bar uh like, yes I, I always felt like the conversations they had in there were very tense because there was a lot going on at that time. And especially because the world itself is very hostile towards you, especially when you're in the Twilight Realm because you're the wolf. Yeah. So that always kind of like set up this very uncomfortable atmosphere for me for a lot of the game. Even nowadays, it's a little like... I, like the fact you have to sneak above Telma's bar and stuff like that and the, like a lot of the stuff they talk about that you hear them talk about is like because they they gather their little resistance group in there and it, there's a lot of stuff they talk about there that seems a little like like they're they're getting desperate or like things are bad right now you know so like I can kind of agree that like some of the castle town it is a little weird juxtaposed with like Kakariko village but I don't know I still felt like as a player I was a hostile agent so I think that was the most effective part of it for me always mm -hmm. I mean even in the beginning of the game when uh, you're wolfling for the first time at, in uh, the Orden province the, the, the first village you have that guy he's chucking his fucking bird at you yeah, like, no. yeah. No, it's like that was well, not that, because of the, of the twilight reason. though that was just because their kids got kidnapped and they were on edge yeah yeah but even then like when like if you're on top of like when you're even trying to sneak into uh the bar if they see you they'll throw you out and just like oh well i mean that's un understandable obviously but still like it's like what you were saying king k it was hostile and i always felt on edge when i was wolf link that's part of the reason i like the intro a lot um, I contrast most people with that take, probably. But, um, 
it's it's kind of like you build like you start out real ordinary like real literally ordinary. you're an ordanian uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah <laughs> hey, hey and and they make you do ordinary things and it like it sets up a pretty somber like almost like it's just a very calm beginning and then i i just really like how it gives you time to like it gives you a lot of time to get used to that get used to the ordinary to like meet everybody and then you're just immediately thrust into this extremely hostile uncomfortable environment and then you have to go back and then everybody hates you because you're a wolf you know mm-hmm. yeah. and that that's like part of the reason why i like the wolf transformation a lot i know gameplay wise it's not often used as effectively as maybe it could have been but it's in no terms Goron, of like what like... it yeah i think majora's mass trans- transformations are better than the wolf link as a whole but in terms of what it represents for like the story and like how the player is treated it's kind of, it's like it's a transformation where like the world responds to that transformation you know like mm. and it makes you feel like you have a split personality almost like you have a like a double like people treat you differently depending on how you look and stuff like that so it's like it added a cool dynamic to like talking to people or avoiding people. Yeah, like it, when you know? you're when you're Wolf Link in Hyrule Castle Town, like you can actually chase people around, and then like there'll be actual like guards will start following you around. They'll like circle you and everything with their spears out. And if you do like the spin yeah. attack, they'll all run away. I, I would do that all the time. It's a little things. Yeah, in this game I've that always I appreciated it for that. Yeah, as much as like. Because I don't mind Tears of Light either. As much as I wish they would have taken it a little further, maybe, I still appreciate it for, like, the stuff that it did right. I mean, it's it's kind of padding, but at the, it's, it's kind of like what we were talking about in the in the Wind Waker thing, where it's like, you know, the difference between the stuff in Wind Waker and Skyward Sword is that in Skyward Sword, you're actually doing stuff. I think it's the same with Twilight Princess. I don't think it's as good as, like, the, the Silent Realms in uh, Skyward Sword, but... You know, I'm doing something. I'm exploring. I have something that I have to look for. It's fine. It's it's okay. Yeah, I can deal with it. And in the case of the first two, I find it only really takes like five to ten minutes. Yeah, the, the last time took a, uh, a good while because yeah. of the uh, the boss fight at the end. No, it's just like the Lanayru I mean, province is just so big, and it's like well, it's also like Hylia, to... You also have to figure out how to get up the waterfalls and stuff. Oh, and the bird, or the, the Twilight Bird thing that you get to fly on. Yeah. It's been a while since I, I really played Twilight like, Princess. This is a very off note, but I like when the water is drained in Lanayru. Oh, yeah. So it feels weird. It's like a weird feeling to be in, like, a dried up, like, yeah. lake. It just doesn't feel right. And then you see the Zoras that are frozen over, or the frozen underneath I, I the... really appreciate... I have so many things going on in my head right now. I do, too! Uh, I... <laughs> I really appreciate that you find, like, the game kind of finds unique ways to take you places. Because it, like, this is kind of the crux of my argument why I love this game so much. The idea that, like, if Zelda's gonna be linear, they really should just take advantage of it. And I feel like this game does it the best, in turn, like, because it's always, it's constantly finding, like, unique ways to get you places. Like, the bridge is on fire, so you have to jump off and you're in Lanayru now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um... And there's stuff like you have a, a rivalry with King Bulblin and that like goes on for the entire game and he just shows up at random points. And it's just it's like stuff like that makes the game so fun to replay. And it has so many memorable moments that it kind of like 
it, ma it makes me feel like I would not have it. Like when I play something like Wind Waker, I'm like, why is this game pushing me along a path? When I play Twilight Princess, I'm kind of glad that it is because I like there's a story being told along that path. I feel like there are interesting things happening yeah. that wouldn't have happened if it was another way. You know what I mean? I do. Like they took full advantage of that. Yup. Yeah. I want to let other people talk. I want to let other people talk. So I have to cram this in my head because there's so many things to say about it. So I'm just gonna let somebody else say something before I go out, like rattle off. I mean, there's all, like another example of what you were talking about is when you're trying to get to the Snow Peak ruins. You, you, you fucking you break down a frozen leaf and use it as a fucking snowboard. Or, yeah. Or when you're trying to get to the city in the sky, you have to find like this ancient cannon and then we'll you talk have the about guy that. build it and then you shoot yourself out of the cannon. Like that was cool. Uh, like, I mean, I, I that, honestly like, think the that, fact like, that you even go to like a um, ice mansion as a dungeon, which I is love. my favorite temple in this game, by the way. Mine too. Probably the whole series. I just love. That's one of my favorites too. Yeah. I love the idea that a dungeon is just someone's house. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just and just then, like this this woman this like, poor geez, woman is like deliriously can... sick and can't remember where she put, you know the the mirror piece it's mm. fun and like the atmosphere and stuff is on point and I like all the ice monsters you fight the you know, boss music yeah. though the oh yeah best boss track probably one of my favorite tracks in the game I love it yeah um and of course you you'll have to remember not take mirror yeah uh, the, be the best you line know, of dialogue uh, ever stored as a string honestly, I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't think of a single dungeon in this game that I straight up dislike I mean, like, the forest temple's pretty basic, but I think as an introductory, introductory temple, it's effective. Yeah. I like the Goron Mines a lot. The Lake Bed Temple was great. A fucking Hyrule Castle, the last one that you go to, was really cool, too. Like, they, I thought they were all great. I loved them. Um, hell yeah. When I, I was a the, kid, like, I, like, I they're remember... Nothing, like, they're nothing extremely difficult, but for what it is, I thought they were they were a lot of fun to explore. You're, you're always doing something cool in these things. There's always something going on, and I love it. But on that note, I feel like you, King K, I feel like you wouldn't... Like, this is as... It's not like Wind Waker basic, but it is nowhere close to, like, Oracle of Ages yeah. kind of design. So, Twilight Princess is not the height of mechanically complex dungeons. I can think of, like, the Water Temple and... I think that's I don't like Majora's Mask. What about Majora's Mask? Like uh, the Stone Tower and the Great Bay Temple. Well, no, I'm just talking specifically about Twilight Princess dungeons. I find complicated. Mm -hmm. Like the Water Temple in that game is probably the most complex dungeon in the game. Lake bed. Yeah, lake bed. Um, and there are a couple I, I of lateral thinking of moments in the city in the sky I guess yeah I really love the city in the sky but it is a little straightforward but it's kind of close to what I like about dungeons but here's the thing I love all the dungeons in this game mostly because they feel like I could admit that a lot of them are mechanically inferior and there are many dungeons in other Zelda games that I would put above some of these but in terms of having like a rock solid overall count that's a really high number and all of them feeling like 
having a good music track or like having a good like theming wise like the mansion or the city in the sky or the temple of time even um or the palace of twilight which dungeon wise is not really even like a dungeon but it's just like in terms of atmosphere and how everything looks and how it all comes together it just it's a really nice package of dungeons that are fun to go through um there i wish they were more complicated i'll always wish that they're flawed in that way but you know like they're just like they're just so like they're like like the gerudo temple arbiter's ground um yeah, Arbiter's Ground. I don't even know if it's called Gerudo in this game. It's probably just Lanayru. No, it's. it's um, I'm pretty sure it's, it's called the Gerudo Desert. Yeah, it's called the Gerudo Desert, but there are no Gerudos in the game, I think. What a shame. They're the best part about Ocarina of Time. Arbiter's Ground is, like, dark and, like, dingy. It's, like, they're, yeah. like, ruins. And that's something and I was some, actually cool gonna going to mention. At the end of it. Is that, as a kid, I remember getting, like, spooked out of my wits <laughs> from, like, the opening of that, and like having to make myself play that dungeon because I was so like frightened. It's like obviously yeah. nowadays there are much spoopier games, but like for little twelve year old Nike, you know, it was it was a spook I fest. Think there's just something about like the way they're constructed, because you go in like the lake bed temple. I I'm trying to like compare it to the water temple. I think it's just that they were allowed to do so much more on better hardware mm-hmm. that it just looks like you're in an underground cave, as opposed to the Water Temple, which is just like this tower underground. Well, and it's kind of like intangible almost, like it's hard to even grasp what it is. There's that, and also the fact that there's actual swimming this time. Like you can actually swim free- freely underwater. Yeah. Like that also, like I remember there was this part in the Lake Beck Temple where you're trying to find the boss key you have to go in, like, this underwater maze. Like, that was really cool. I liked it. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, you look at, like, the mansion, and it, that's, like, a change of pace for the series in general. And then the city in the sky is, like, this expansive sky sky city. And it... All of these dungeons go back to, like... They may not be the most mechanically complex... But there were other dungeons in the series that I liked just because they were, like, immersive in a way. Like the Forest Temple in Ocarina of Time. I really love that dungeon, not because it's complicated, because I don't really find it that complicated, but it's also just, like, really foreboding, almost. And I've always liked it for that. And that's the kind of note that Twilight Princess hits almost perfectly. Probably, like, a few of the, like... I might not like the um, forest temple as much as the others in terms of like theming, but I think they're pretty much like for what they all go for. Like the temple of time is like, I love how it like reconstructs this old temple, like based on your location. Um, And it looks, I think it looks better than the temple of, I mean, it's supposed to look like the temple of time in Ocarina of Time. Obviously, that's what it would look like, like the entrance in of it. Twilight Princess yeah. art style, yeah, yeah. So, I like that they expanded that. I mean, like I, I've always said, like I don't know if I said this in one of the other podcasts, but like the thing is with Zelda dungeons, especially for the 3D games, is that like I don't need them to be labyrinths. I don't need them to like, like, like what you were thinking, Gay. Where it's like you like them when they're like you like getting lost in these kind of places. Like I get it, but that's you know I don't need that. 
I just need cool stuff to look at and cool stuff to do. I guess, I guess I'm kind of admitting I don't need it either. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a crucial difference. But that's in just that. like that's what you gravitate towards. <clears throat> like that's that's what tickles your yeah. that, that's what tickles your pickle, you know? <laughs> I mean I would prefer that. Yeah. But also I think it's only would work in the 3D games in terms of an immersive thing. Yes. Like yes. in terms of visuals. Because uh Minish Cap's dungeons I don't like because they they kind of like some of them look nice and feel nice, but at the end of the day, it's a GBA game and it's kind of hard to like put myself in there, if you know what I mean. Like, so I often just find myself thinking about the mechanics of each dungeon. There's in always, a way that I wouldn't for Twilight Princess. Yeah, like because with, I have something with, else to think about. With the two D games, there's only so much they can do with like thirty two bits in a bird's eye perspective. So. With that, yeah, I, I definitely do agree. I do agree, but like with Twilight Princess's dungeons, it's like I can I can name at least one thing that happens inside every single dungeon. Like, there's always something going on. There's always some sort of set piece. Like you're you're always like working towards something. Like in the Forest Temple, you know, you got the giant monkey, or you got the the, the monkeys. They got to try to like help build the the, sw the swingy thing that goes to the boss thing, and they have to fight the monkey with the red butt. I remember that shit. That shit was funny. And then, and then, in, 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 in the Goron, in the the Goron mines, like you go upside down, you gotta walk around the magnets, and you gotta find the, the piece for the boss key, and then you fight that one Goron in, in, who's protecting the bow, and that bow belonged to Link from Ocarina of Time. It's like, whoa! It's so, they're, they're fucking cool, man. These dungeons are cool. They're, oh, they're not yeah. complicated, but they're cool. Yeah. I would agree with that. They're definitely not complicated. They don't need um, to be though. Only, only, only like two of them are like my favorites in the entire series. But in terms of like as a whole, this is probably my favorite just package of dungeons in a game. I, Maybe next to Majora's Mask. I would, Majora's Mask is close. I would say for me, it's either this or Skyward Sword. We'll get. To you know that. what? Skyward Sword has great dungeon. Skyward Sword has great dungeons too. So I'd agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Like I. I but I also yeah. feel like Skyward Sword is imbalanced, but I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> I mean, that. Like, it seems nowadays, like... I mean, Skyward Sword, not as much, but it's just like in the case of Wind Waker, Skyward Sword, and Breath of the Wild, it seems like, you know... It's like you'd play the old games and you get at least eight dungeons, and then you get to, like, the later 3D games past Ocarina of Time, and it seems like they had trouble coming up with, like, more than six you know um and so that's kind of why twilight princess sticks out is it has like a solid 10 dungeons in it that are all great and it's just like kick ass yeah i think the number two helps that they're all like mm -hmm. not only is it a high number but all of them are interesting in some way yeah there's there's only one complaint that i have with these dungeons and it's consistent throughout the entire game and it's not even really the dungeon's fault, but it's more so just the end payoff, and it's that the bosses are very, very lame. They're, they're okay. They're, they are piss-easy. Yeah, they're not the best. They're, some of them they're are cool the on a best. conceptual level, but when you're actually playing them, they kind of fall flat, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, it's I'd hard say for me to even, like, that they're on the level yeah. of Wind Waker bosses, really. Because it's it's yeah. not like Kelly Demos was like a super hard boss, and neither was yeah. the Diababa. So it's like they're about the actually. I'd say the Diababa is more involved because you have to like aim the boomerang and stuff. Oh, there's a lizard in my room. Neat. What? 
There's a little lizard <laughs> in my room. By my window. Um. You eat that spider. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I only really remember, like, my favorite bosses are usually, like, Yetta, Zant, uh, and Ganon's, all of Ganon's phases. Those are, like, the bosses that I remember, and then everything else is kind of like, eh. I like the boss in the Lake Bed Temple. I thought that was a pretty cool fight. You gotta swim around. Like, the oh, first also, phase was annoying, but the second phase was really fun. Also, Argorok. I know it's basic, yeah. but something about that fight, I know it's easy, but something about that fight has always resonated with me. Is that the dragon? Me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The wyvern. It's pretty easy when you get down to it, but something about it is just always, like... It's a set piece. Yeah, it's it, a set it piece. is basically it's just a set cool. piece. It's fucking cool. It's kind of neat you, you, to actually, like, see the boss that, yeah. before the boss room, too. Yeah, because yeah. it has good build-up, too, because the thing is, like... Well, first of all, this thing... This this dragon has been set up in the City of the Sky. Like, as soon as you walk in, it's like, Oh, there's this big dragon. He's, he's a big shithead. And then you actually yeah, see him destroying the city. I fucking love this dungeon. City of the Sky is so cool. God damn. I love it. I also like the Stalfos spot. Is it the Stalfos? The, oh, the, yeah, the Stalfos mini-bars. I think it's called the Aeralfos. Yeah, and then it, it, in the second phase, it plays Vivagia's theme, or King Dodongo's theme. Like, they share the same theme in Ocarina of Time, but, like, it plays that theme, and I'm like, oh, I know what that is. I recognize yeah. that. I, I love when you're in the dungeon, there's just uneven footing everywhere. It's just, like, because you're in, like, these cylinders, and, like, the, just nothing below you. Mm. Man. I could talk about that for hours. I'm not going to, but I could. <laughs> well, you already did. There's this other boss. It's kind of a lame boss. It's uh, Goma in, tw in uh, Temple of Time. I like the little end bit where you, you, you kill her, and then Link sheaths his sword, and then he looks, and he has, like, this face of, like, disgust, and you see all the little baby spiders carrying around a giant eyeball. Yeah. I'm like, ew. That was pretty funny. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I like this. I like that little stuff. But I mean, like, the bosses I do like, I like a lot. Like, Zant? Okay, Zant is just the other bosses again. But something about Zant as a character just makes, like, just makes the boss gauntlet feel more interesting, especially when you get to his unique portion of it's it. It's like a comedic subversion of a boss rush. Yeah. I also love the music that goes on in the yeah. background, like the medley, but like it Zant infused medley of these old bosses. I listen to that song sometimes just for the hell of it. It's so weird, but I just love it. And there's also the part where you you roll Zant when he's standing in, in on top of a pillar and then he falls and then you whack him in the butt with your sword. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zant. Oh, okay. See, that's that's man kind of I, that's kind of my complaint with Zant. Like, I don't like the way how he was built up to be like this really intimidating guy, only for him to be Ganon's what bitch. he ended up being. That and then he get he, then no. he gets completely usurped by Ganon. I'm like, no. eh. um, you wasted it. I will compliment this game for many things, uh, but one thing I cannot compliment it for is ripping off Star Fox Adventures. <laughs> Which is oh, yeah. ironic because Star Fox Adventures ripped off Zelda, but it's just like you replace uh, It's like general scales is like the big bad guy 
And then all of a sudden, oh fuck you, Andros is in the game. Oh, I guess yeah, you gotta go fight Andros now. Princess, you get an actual fight. Yeah, you get to actually fight Zant. Zant actually has like a conclusion to it, and Ganon is actually much better set up. Like you've learned about Zant him like halfway through the game. But still, Zant it's just fucking pops like a balloon. Man, though. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, controversy alert. I love Zant for that very reason. Because he's just a pathetic dude puppet for Ganondorf. I don't really like what that means for the ultimate plot, that Ganondorf is the big bad of it all. But the fact that they were able to ring like a character arc base, like I, I love how Zant like creaks his neck at the end of it all, you know? Mm. At when Ganon's dying. It's because Zant is Zant is built up to be kind of a badass, like creepy, weird guy. But I think I think I love him because it's just him acting like that. Because he does have power now. Because the whole deal with him is that he betrayed his kind to get that power. Um, and I love how at his wit's end, it like I mean, you know what they say when you're cornered, like the true, like your true self just comes out, and that's just like what happened. And like, Careful, you, Fox, the boss fight, you never know what a cornered weird. beast might do. And I know people don't like that, but I've always loved it. It's just so like, it's such like it's not what I would have expected, but in a good way. In, yeah, I know I it's it. a controversial kind of opinion. But I, I, would I've you say that. that it subverted your expectations in a way that was satisfying? <laughs> Yes, it did. Yeah. <laughs> it did. Okay. Um, and Ganondorf <laughs> like, himself. I, I, I get. I get why you like Zant, but like, I don't, like honestly, for me, it's it's it really just boils down to Zant was this cool thing. He was pretty original. Like he it's it, he has like this original thing going for him. He's really cool. And then he's really just there to kind of set up Ganondorf. And I then guess. Ganondorf, think about it. Like, like that's that's really it, like the only reason I don't really care much for Zant is because he just he honestly what it boils down to is just that. He's not what I wanted him to be. That's really yeah. all that it is. Like, I don't think- I guess the way I think about it is that the way the game is now, Ganondorf happens. Mm -hmm. I would rather Zant not be a copy of Ganondorf and be his own thing if Ganondorf is just going to show up. You know what I mean? That's fair. I kind of would have preferred if he didn't. But we do get a pretty sick-ass boss fight with him, so I don't know. I'm yeah. kind of conflicted about it. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Docs! Hey, Docs! How, how you been, man? You know, I be chillin'. Um, <laughs> what, what do you think about some of the dungeons and bosses in uh, Twilight Princess? <laughs> Honestly, um, tell us your thoughts. No, I'm gonna let you finish, Hey, Docs, but it seems like yep, part of the right. problem you've been having with this particular podcast is that this what, game... What's my problem, Michael? No, no, no say no. it. Say it. Speak for me. <laughs> well, I'm, okay, it. so you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but it just seems like this game never really connected with you. No, no that's not my problem with the podcast. I just think that, um... It's not really worthwhile for me to to say I disagree to basically a lot of what you're saying when you genuinely like a lot of the game. I enjoy hearing what you think of the game and, like, the discussion you're having. I just- I haven't found a place that I thought would be worthwhile for me to chime in with my correct video game opinions. 
Um, well, I feel like we're gonna move to story very quickly, so I do want to like. I kind of want to hear some of like your dungeon opinions because I am yeah. kind of curious. Uh, well, how do I want to say this? Uh, I think in terms, uh, like I agree with what what has been said. Something that I like about Twilight Princess is it feels like the dungeons from Ocarina of Time and the way they were structured, as in, uh, you know, you go in and get an item and use the item in the dungeon to move around. You know, the hookshot is a good example of that. Or uh, the spinny top you get, and I forget which dungeon. Which dungeon do you... Arbiter's Grounds. Yeah. Like... I feel like in terms of that Zelda dungeon structure, Twilight Princess really does that the best, I think. You know, you get an item, you use the item, the item is almost always fun. You contrast that to Majora's Mask, and in Majora's Mask, you know, the masks are really fun, but, you know, the items you get in the dungeons are arrows and stuff. They're not that fun, you know, they're not very interesting, blah blah blah. Um. You know, the Wind Waker had some interesting items, like, I loved getting the the grappling hook, I enjoyed the boomerang, you know, the hammer, but like, all of Wind Waker's arsenal, it, it never felt like the items were, what's the word, like, used to their fullest extent as they are in Twilight Princess. Um, mm -hmm. personally, yeah, I, well, I I feel like Twilight Princess also kind of like remixes some of those yeah, ideas. Exactly. Like the double claw shot. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's, yeah. That was a, that's what I was about to say because, you know, people often say like, oh, you, you get the, the same Zelda items all the time. You get a hook shot, you get uh, arrows, you get a slingshot, you get, it's like the same progression all the time. And Twilight Princess as opposed to pretty much everything in the series uh, does a lot to like give you mechanically interesting items and for me replaying Twilight Princess after Breath of the Wild I really really wanted like items like Twilight Princess's items in Breath of the Wild I yep. <laughs> I wanted a grappling hook I wanted a hook shot I wanted the spinny thing that moves around like, <laughs> I, it, and that, that's what bothers me, uh, that's like my biggest complaint with Breath of the Wild, is that lack of potential, um, with, like, the expanded item arsenal that, uh, Twilight Princess had. It showed you that you could make moving around in dungeons really fun, and moving around in the open world really fun, too. Um, mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know. I mean, the spinner in jet, like, okay. <laughs> the fucking spinner, everybody shits on it. It's one of the coolest items uh, in the it, game. It, it's it, like, it's it's like, I like going from track to track, you yeah. know? Yeah, I mean, they, they don't use it, they don't use it a shit ton, but like, I like when it is used, you know? I, I, think, um, I think Twilight Princess has a lot of visual flair that I really love. Um, like... You know, we talked about the Wind Waker using sounds in the combat, like the melody, to give combat a sense of rhythm and uh, flow. 
But Twilight Princess does a lot of flashy stuff. You know, you have the joust on the Elden Bridge. You have all the items that are really fun. Um, then, then you have like the ball and chain too. That's like, just like, that's such an interesting item. Take it's my wife, please the... take my wife. Please that, fuck my wife. That's not even up the uh, different combat arts you can even learn. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's something too. And I need um, to jump in on that because uh, speaking of visual flair, one of my favorite things about this game is that when you kill certain enemies, if you press A to put your sword away, yes! you will do that I little that. flippy sword yeah. thing. And I always think that's so fucking cool. Yeah, it's so good. I, it's like oh, I would man. go Someone's out of my ways yet. to fight these like Lizalfos in the middle of the overworld just so I could see that animation. I it is the the one the issue that I have with uh Twilight Princess's dungeons though is that uh they can get a bit long sometimes. Um mm -hmm. okay. Something That's a reasonable that, that's, assessment sticks out to me is the as an example is that in the forest temple like or what is it called the forest temple am it i is. right okay yeah. <sighs> like by the time you i i have to remember properly like you get basically to the boss key and then you know it, it's like the challenge before that what's the mini boss in that one is that uh the monkey but the red monkey yeah, yeah, the the monkey. I was like, that would have been a nice little uh, ending fight. I would have been fine with the forest temple ending there. Um, okay. And sometimes with Twilight Princess, I feel like that. Um, it is a little weird that the forest temple is like because it's the first dungeon. It is a little long for a first dungeon. Yeah, I. That's how I feel a lot about like. Once you can get past the forest temple, that's when Twilight Princess really, really opens up. Like that's like four or five hours of the game. I know that. That's also uh, why I have a hard like time one and a half, one and a half to two hours. Still a little long. Yeah, I wouldn't say four or five. It's yeah. I mean, that's my thing. Like I, I like to judge a game based on how much I can replay it, and. When when you have to sit through that intro, I consider like the best parts of Twilight Princess are after the Forest Temple, and uh, like I I sometimes just don't want to sit through the intro again. I mean, after I I, I I kind of agree with that. Um, mm -hmm. but to go even a little bit further, uh, my favorite stuff about Twilight Princess is everything after you get the Master Sword. That's like getting true. to the point with the Mirror of Twilight. And, and mm. you know, joining up with the resistance and, sh and stuff like that. That's where I think the most interesting stuff happens. Yeah. I think that the moment of getting the Master Sword in this game is probably the best uh, Master Sword get in any Zelda game, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I would agree with you up until the point where you have to guide the giant statues to the place where they were standing. Black. I yeah. hate that shit. I, I just love the mm. flair. There, there's so much uh, interesting audio and visual stuff that happens in this game, and honestly, I don't, I don't know why the intro is such a turnoff for Twilight Princess. For me, it, I don't know. I just that is pretty long. I like how long it is, but 
I'm 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 a devil. You See, know, I'm I the devil. I don't mind long <laughs> intros. Like how, That's the thing. Where like, would you I don't say mind the, the intro stops? After the forest temple. Okay, so everything up to the forest temple, you consider the intro. Basically, yes. Okay, because like usually when I think of the intro, I just think of like the first ten to fifteen minutes when you're in the village. I don't know. I feel like the game really gets going after the forest temple. I agree. Um, I'm just saying that for me, like, the, the first 10 to 15 minutes was the boring part. Yeah. I I don't like the escape sequence with the wolf. Um, I I just really wanted to get yeah, into the know, dungeons. Yeah, you know, you do... If I, I will admit something about the first part of the game. Yeah. Is that, like... You run through the same part of the forest like twice. Yeah. Maybe even three times. It's, it's a little excessive. The the thing is too, so. I, I think it's worth noting that all of my complaints come down to very personal biases as is any critique. But me personally, I prefer like the Breath of the Wild approach to uh, level design and world design. I... I love Breath of the Wild because the moment you step out there, you can just do whatever you want, and, you know, you're not... Everybody says this about Breath of the Wild. It's so redundant at this point, but it is, it is, um, it is something I like. I, introductions are very hard to get correct in any game, um, like... What's an example that I was thinking of? Fuck, I lost it. I'm I so still stand fucking that Madura's stupid. Mask is the best introduction of the series. That is true. Or uh, Breath of the Wild. I thought Breath of the Wilds was the worst, but we'll wow. get to that. Wow. It'll be more. It'll be more worthwhile to talk about that in the Breath of the Wild episode. That's and you know something, Exo? I actually might agree with you, but for different reasons. Hmm. I just, I, I like games where I can just go and do whatever I want when I start. That's right, just my and preference. that's fair. Um, I, I like, uh, I like Sonic. I <laughs> see, I bought Sonic up. I like Sonic because, uh... Because he doesn't like, know how to clean his bowl. Yeah. <laughs> also, the fact that... You also never uploaded that, uh, fanfiction, Michael. You didn't oh, it, it is it. uploaded, I just forgot to release it. Because I had to set it to unlisted so that you could watch it, yeah. and then I forgot to set okay. it to, to schedule. That's what happened. Continue. You know, make um, it public. I love. Uh, I just love introductions that get you straight in the action, like in Sonic with City Escape. Um, you know, Mario Odyssey puts you right in the Cap Kingdom, which is fun. And you're like, you can just play the game at the fullest extent. You get Cappy right off the bat with. Like, in contrast to Twilight Princess, it, it makes you, like, round up goats, which I think should have been optional. Everybody complains about that part of the game, but I wish there was a way for you just to skip all that. And I know it's important for world building, but as someone who's already experienced it, I just don't want to go through it again. I would agree that, um... I mean, I, like, I think it's a good, like... Thing. Like, I think it's good that it's in there, but when it, like, it's not fun to replay it, is what mm. I'll say about it. I think it's a fun first-time experience with that intro, and then 
Whenever I go back to it, I don't like to replay it unless I haven't played the game in a while and obviously like, you know, kind of want to experience like, I mean, I like even if I could skip it, I'm not sure if I would mm. when I replayed it, but I do think that it probably should have like it probably doesn't fit well for replays. I don't know as well why as it does for a first time. I don't know why I I like long intros like in Kingdom Hearts 2 and I despise oh, this one in Twilight Princess. Hadox gets the buzzer. He well, brought I mean, up Kingdom Hearts least, first. Hadox, at least I'm consistent and I like them both. Mm, Ooh. I know. No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I, oh, I, I think with... Okay. Maybe with Kingdom um, Hearts, Roxas is a bit more of an interesting draw. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me, let, me, let me clarify. I like Kingdom Hearts 2's intro way more than Twilight Princess's. It, yeah. I'm just going to say that first. I, I was it's going a to nice say, I, I just... Yeah. Yeah. With with Kingdom Hearts 2, I think it does a better job of emotionally captivating you. That's Twilight it. Princess. I I I'll, I'll be honest, like I don't think the introduction is the worst thing ever. With that said, I don't really care for it all that much either because I, something about these characters I just didn't care for. It just kind of felt like like white bread. It's like, yeah, they're people. There, you hear some, very, the mayor's a sumo wrestler. That's pretty cool. You want to hear a very hot take, Ryan? What's up? I think this is the worst video game intro of all time. What is? Which one? This Twilight Princess. I, I've not hated an intro more than this. I can't think of any other intro I dislike more than Twilight Princesses. Mario 64, because the game fucking starts. Breath of the Wild. Ooh. Whoa! I love Breath of the Wild's <laughs> intro. I really the do. The game doesn't get good until you get Revali's Gale. That's not true. You're wrong. We'll You're that. factually wrong. That I'll disagree wrong. with, but we'll get there. I <sighs> I have to say, like, I love exploring the world in Twilight Princess. I just I wish it wasn't so progression gated. Um, which is fine. I don't know. That's fair. That it. These are all my personal preferences. That you, that you just are don't entitled jive to those what, preferences, and I like that yeah. you are sharing them on this podcast, Hey Docs. Well, thanks for validating me, Michael Zander. I appreciate hey Docs, that. I, <laughs> hey Docs, I accept you and your opinions. I mean, I, again, I don't hate this game. I really do not. But I, it's I just, like I I had suggested earlier that part of the reason that this game just never connected with you. Yeah, and 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 to be like honest when... with you, I I forced myself to complete this game. Mm. I I really did. I I don't know if y'all have had similar experiences with like you're told, you know, like uh, in terms of being. A... <laughs> I would say I forced myself to finish Pikmin Two the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic. I, 2. I let out some. I think I let out some Michael level screams a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> What I do you would mean, Michael screams. Oh, I wish maybe I not as them. loud, but they they were pretty. Like I I remember yelling, "Was this boss designed by the fucking devil?" As loud as I possibly. <laughs> There's a good clip. So. There's a good clip on if you go on his Twitch page, he, he just says, "Hey, Docs, I'm gonna be honest with you. I do not like this game. <laughs> it's so good." But I um like as wait as hang a on fan wait, of, wait 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 I, yeah. I, I I'm curious, Kinky. I'm curious. Was it the boss that's like made out of water and he has like the steamroller? No, not the water wraith. Oh. Water wraith's not that bad. I'm talking about the Titan Dweevil. 
Okay. Which is the final boss. I which fucking it, sucks, by the way. I thought it was the water weevil. <laughs> or the water water wraith. You got me all I... kerjubbled. Thanks. Uh, this is this is not a Pikmin podcast, <laughs> so maybe we should move on. Alright, let me finish this one video <laughs> game opinion. Talk. Ryan, let me speak so that I may speak. <laughs> I speak. you know, as as a fan of video games, you have certain expectations of the games you should play. <laughs> <laughs> there are gamer biases. You're, you know, you gotta live up to your gamer identity. If you haven't played Dark Souls, you cannot call yourself a gamer. Oh. <laughs> well. Shit. Bye, mom. Goodbye. <laughs> You're getting kicked out of the Yogs cast. I mean, the first cast. <laughs> I failed. You're getting you, kicked Graham out of the Nintendo cast. Oh, that that's a throwback, Michael. You fucking. Mm. Wow. Uh, anyways. <laughs> Why would you say- <laughs> <laughs> Because it's... I knew you would exhibit this reaction. And you I just think put it's funny. me back in 2014, Michael. Mm. Holy shit. That's wild. That's I remember so when you, wild. like, invited me to appear on that, and then for whatever reason, yeah. you just told me I couldn't. Well, <laughs> I'm not- we're not getting into that, and Michael. Then... Stop it. And shut then, up, like, one of the podcasts <laughs> opens with Deku Knight burping into the microphone loudly. It was great. Everybody go watch that. <laughs> Play a it's clip. It's not up anymore. You will never find a video Play of Play a it. clip. There's no clip. <laughs> there, there's a clip Stop. right Why? here. Needless to say, our podcast now is I much know better. what it feels like to be interrupted. I know what it feels like to chew five gum. <laughs> I, I I felt pressured to complete this game because everybody raves about Twilight Princess and you know especially for the review that I did when I was sent the the game you know I I just had to play it and I don't know I I just didn't have a good time I'd like to replay it and maybe my opinions would change but when I have so many Man, other games okay, I want to play I I don't want to be like okay. No, when don't be that way. When would you say the tides shifted for Twilight Princess on mass? For me, like for from like, my like, perspective, in general. I mean, anyone, anyone, anyone can answer. But like, I, I think once. When would uh, you say that the tides changed? Because I, I remember when people talked bad of this game. Well, not necessarily like they hated it, but like that it was a mid-tier Zelda game. I feel game. like there is a silent majority who feels exactly like <laughs> Hadox does. And, yeah. and I said silent majority, Hadox, who is laughing, because I want to contrast it with the vocal minority, which is me, Ryan, and King K. Yeah. Like I, I don't I'm know anymore, because, because my... The most popular video on my channel is Twilight Princess. It's the only video I've ever had that has hit a million. Seriously? Like, Good shit. And, and almost every comment on that video agrees with me. I still check to this day, there are not many that actually outright disagree, and I'm not sure if it's just the minority all coming together to that, or like, if actually things have changed nowadays. I like honestly... The have shifted we, we should add it to it, the know? general social survey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you I, like I, I think this, yay or nay? I honestly think that your, your video played a pretty big role in voicing a positive opinion that got very popular. Well, that's why it was one of my favorite videos to make, because 
I, every time I would like go on YouTube or like listen to a podcast, it was like always, always I would hear like so many bad things about it. Mm. Like it was just, it was almost like the punching bag for a while. Yeah. And I was just like, I need to make this because I just feel so like alone, you know? Back when I was making that video, I just felt so alone. So I just pour my heart out about it. See, what yeah. I, what yeah, I it think it is. And it was a good I, what video. I, what I think it could have been is that, I mean, there are people who don't like Twilight Princess. Well, I, I don't disparage anyone for liking, for not liking yeah, it, by the way. I'm just saying that I felt alone. Yeah, no, at that no, time. but he, here's the thing, too, is that, you know, people, I, I noticed, you know, people who were saying that Twilight Princess sucked. There were people who had a rather large audience, and they would usually tend to gravitate more towards A Link to the Past and the N64 Zelda games. And those people, again, with large pulls, a lot of people just kind of agreed with them without ever thinking about what they were saying, you know? Some call me How do you Johnny. say? Hive mentality? Some like call me like, Johnny. Not Don't, some call me if Johnny If you censor that, Michael, you're going to be uh, an absolute pussy. Not him not specifically, that. but I'm saying just like a general thing. Like, a, like there were a couple of people with influence who liked the more classic Zelda games over the newer Zelda games. And those people had influence and, you know, it just people didn't really think about what they were saying. So they just bashed the game to hell and back. People don't like the game. Yeah, I think well, they're I justified like, for not liking the game. I'm not saying people who yeah. don't like the games are, are sheep. I ain't saying that. I am. I mean, this is the stance I usually take is that it, more often it's the people who adopt these opinions without even thinking. Yes. And just like, it, like I have almost no beef with the people who post those opinions because for fuck's sake, I post those opinions, you know, like, so I, I think it'd be a little hypocritical of me to say something like that. But I think it's just the people that adopt and people are kind of molded by like, what random people on the internet say just because it sounds like they have authority. And honestly, I think uh, some people watch my videos and do that. And I would, I don't like that, but I think that still happens on some of my videos even, mm -hmm. is that people just kind of adopt it because it sounds right, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what I used to do when I was in high school. So like, I get it. Here on the podcast, we encourage people to speak for themselves and for, and for people to think for themselves. And here's where I We're say, no, not really. Oh. Wow. All right. That's okay. Ryan. Um, I'm Haydox, I, I and I have be... the correct video game opinions. One of these days, King K, I'm going to make a commentary video about your stupid fucking Twilight Princess video. Which, ten minutes ago, you <laughs> okay. called great. <laughs> King K knows I love him. I told King K that <laughs> I have begged him to match me on Tinder. He knows that I. I yeah. So. I mean. Also, this, I was this his first Twitch subscriber, <laughs> by the way. I was his first fucking Twitch yeah, you subscriber. Are. Thank and you. <laughs> you know I'm always out here supporting King K. I will support you know, this... King K until the day I die. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. This um, match with me on Tinder. I, I'm kind of happy that because if it isn't obvious by now, Twilight Princess, I would consider. I have so I basically usually just say that I have two favorites because it's like a yin yang almost. Where like Twilight Princess is my favorite linear Zelda, 
My favorite non-linear Zelda is Breath of the Wild. E like, when I like truly think about it, Twilight Princess probably ekes out over Breath of the Wild. I'm just gonna be honest, Ooh! but like, for the sake of like, for the sake of like the two styles, that's kind of how I stand. But Twilight Princess, Breath of the Wild feels more like a well-done proof of concept. And I, I can't, like, I just can't shake the feeling that the sequel will just be way better. And when that happens, I'm not going to think as highly of Breath of the Wild. I'm just going to be honest. I was going to say, like, I uh, think I agree and I can't that, see that I like Twilight, Twilight Princess, Princess more. So. I think I like Twilight Princess more than Breath of the Wild because Breath of the Wild and Twilight Princess, they have different jobs that they set out to do. But I think it's a matter of how well they do their jobs, respectively. I think Twilight Princess, it's supposed to remind you about Ocarina of Time. There's a lot of callbacks to Ocarina of Time in this game. You know, and it's supposed to be that generation's Ocarina of Time. So I think what it does there and how it makes you feel when playing the game, I think it does that remarkably well. I think Twilight Princess is as good as it could possibly be. Breath of the Wild, I don't think it does. I, I, yeah, that, that's oh, man, I, I agree one hundred percent with that. I, I, well, I, more so that like I don't think Breath of the Wild wants. I don't think it does all that it wants to do. There are things like like what yeah. you were just saying, like what, like what you were just yeah. saying, like when the sequel comes like out, it's a, it's a well done proof of concept. Is yeah. how I look because because I love like the like I love what it's trying to be, and more often than not, it succeeds in mm. my opinion. But I also know that, like, if they if they improve on this, like they improved on a game, like I don't know, Ocarina of Time, huh? Hey. That my opinion of Breath of the Wild is just going to decrease with time because I know that they can do way better than they already did. And with Twilight Princess, I don't like. Obviously, it's not a flawless game. Like there are things I don't like about it, but like I don't feel like there's much better you could do with it. You know, yeah. I've always held it as the apex of linear of that style of Zelda game. I see it kind of as like a build-up. You know, you have like a link to the past, then Ocarina of Time, and then Twilight Princess, and that's just my own opinion order. But I always felt like I have no beef against a Link to the Past, just as I have no beef towards Breath of the Wild. It's just that there are games that have done those things better, in my opinion, and I feel like Twilight Princess is the current apex and like maybe they could i i don't see them ever revisiting that style of zelda unless it's a 2d game but in terms of like what we have now it's kind of the apex of what it sets out to do and i've always loved that about it so and that's pretty yeah. much what i was trying to say but you know you're i'm, I'm not good with words but you got it if uh, you self-deprecate yeah. one more time on this podcast i will march down to your house and i will give you a big kiss I'm so fat, uh, and I'm ugly, and I have a hairy hey. leg. There we go. <laughs> I'm glad that my Twilight Princess video was the first one to hit a million. It's still the only one. Well, um, King K... Because that that one is, like, it's the... Spe like, one of the, my favorite games ever. It's a very, very special game. And I'm just glad that it resonated with so many people, you know? This has nothing to do with the podcast, but, like... I just felt like I should mention it, because I've always been happy with that video mm. like there are some videos i look back and i'm like oh i should say things differently like ocarina of time um even like maybe majora's mask you can light the but bomb on the wall with a lit deco <laughs> stick 
But with Twilight Princess, with the exception of I think I repeated a line twice and never noticed. I remember that's the only that. Thing I would probably ch that's the only thing I'd probably change about the video. I, I would change nothing else. Because I got everything I needed to say, and it was passion. I, I just have so much passion for this goddamn game, I could talk about it for hours. And as much as I love Breath of the Wild, I could not talk about that game for hours. I... So. I mean, I feel the... that way about, uh... a lot of different Zelda games, but I, I just don't think... I think it's awesome that Twilight Princess resonated with you. I always enjoy, uh, hearing your perspective on the game. Oh, it's I nice. Think... I feel like you mixed up some words there. What? You said that Twilight Princess didn't resonate with King K, which is obviously not No, I not said with case. me. With me. Mm, you definitely said with you, but whatever. What I figured that's what no, you I meant. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. It doesn't Michael, matter. Roll the tape <laughs> back. I'm right! <laughs> I'm right! I am so right, it hurts. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hey, Ducks. Yeah? How do you feel about the overworld and side quest design? This sounds so oh, scripted. Man. I thought that- I thought <laughs> we just had a conclusion just words. now. Like- We- we have not nearly talked about everything in this game. <laughs> you just went on about how, like, your final thoughts on the game just now. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess I mean, the overworld talk designs. about well, can, can, I just, can I just dictate the end of the podcast? Do I have that power? Fine, yeah. <laughs> Do it. All right. Well, you all have to give your final thoughts now. Okay. Um, there. For the record, there are many things I still wish to say, but that's fine. I, I mean, mean, I can still keep. I can keep going if if y'all are. No, no, it'll ruin it. We got to end. <laughs> I Jeez. was. I was. I was okay. <laughs> I was prepared to hear King K talk a little bit more, if that's okay with you, Exo Paradigm Gamer. <laughs> King K, please elaborate your your video game <laughs> onions on the overworld design of Twilight Princess. Okay, so one of the reasons I like one of the reasons I like it more than Ocarina of Time's overworld is because it feels like there's a lot more going on. Yes. Um, it's not necessarily that it's larger because it is larger, but. It feels a little more, it feels more interwoven, because the thing that Ocarina of Time did is it had a big field, then everything else was around the field. In, in uh, Twilight Princess, it feels like things more naturally connect, and like the paths kind of, like, it, it, like, it makes more sense the way that it's constructed. Well, like yeah, Hyrule also, Castle's um, in the middle. The, the way how it was also designed, it was that Hyrule Castle would be in the middle of... Hyrule, no matter which way you were looking at it. So at that point, uh, halfway towards the end of the game, when it's under uh, the, the the pyramid thing, like you, yeah. you see that everywhere you go because oh, it's right there, smack dab in the middle. I always love that about the game. Yeah. So it, it, it's there's a bunch of space in Twilight Princess, but I think it uses <laughs> that space pretty well. So yeah. Plus, you get a Pona like pretty early mm -hmm. and you get like i mean you lose her but like you get her back almost immediately so like and there's no <clears> stamina <throat> meter it's... because that was yeah. a fucking stupid idea i'm just gonna say it i like stamina meter but that's <laughs> <laughs> um but it's like doesn't it is a little like in terms of what people people always 
complain about it because, like, I think they just wanted Breath of the Wild, to be honest. But, like, for the type of game this is, the like, the overworld itself has a lot of cool stuff to find in it. Yeah. Um, I, I like hunting for the bugs a lot more than something like... I mean, it's kind of the same principle as Skulltula's, but um, I kind of like it because it's a little shorter of a side quest. And um, I, I think I just like Agatha. I, I was about to say uh, also that the, the finding the bugs is way more charming and way more memorable than finding the Skulltula's for some random people in a house that all look <laughs> the same, so. Well, that, that's kind of why the Poe quest grades on me still. Is because I like it, but it's it is a like feels like a bit much, honestly. And you still don't really get anything good from it. Mm. I forgot about the so, quest too. And to be honest, you don't get that like in the HD version anyway. You don't really get like the best reward ever from the bug quest. Don't you get Especially if you have the well, you get wallet upgrades. I think um, that's right. Yeah, and then Giovanni, I think is his name. You get, uh, is it Giovanni? I don't know. It, it's the guy who's like, yes, yeah, so it's Giovanni. To. He just gives you 200 rupees. And you, like, as my comments will say, yes, you can go back to talk to him over and over, but why the fuck would you? Like, <laughs> like why would you? I it's the would, same with Ocarina of Time. Why would you do it? I would you know? say to play devil's advocate that. If you needed to go to the Cave War deals and you had the magic armor, that would prove useful. But with that said, rupees are are also very easy to come across in this game. Oh yeah, very yeah. easy, and they're not really used all that much either. Like if you want to build the bridge for the baby, you you'll have way more than enough. Yeah. That said, all the other side quests, there are a lot of side things to do, mm-hmm. and I like almost every one of them. You know, like, like now that you brought I like, it up, too, I like when you. I, 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 just, I, I, it's just kind of pouring in my brain now. Like I'm remembering all the side quests, like building the bridge, you know, giving the hot spring water to the Goron so could break down the boulder. The all yeah. the all the hard pieces you can find. I like, like there's you, so remember many. Remember when you um you shoot the bow like in a very long distance target? Oh yeah, yeah. To get the. I really liked that one. You get a little Hawkeye. Um, and, and you get, it's like, a lot of them you're just hanging out with NPCs too. Like, the one where you shoot the target is you're just hanging out with the kids. Yeah. In the village. The, oh my god, the, the the whole section in the hidden village. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, like the, there's the story part. That was a really part, cool section, yeah. And then there's also the part where you get to talk to the cats. It's cute. Yeah. Another I great like piece of music, too, yeah. by the way. Just putting that out there. The hidden village, yeah, the hidden village. Just putting... That well, that's it's part, about yeah. It. Like I said, like I said earlier, it just like it just kind of throws things at you at random almost. It's all to make the linear trek very interesting. But then the side stuff is good too, so it's like this balance, you know? Yeah. Finds this really good balance of like, um, what's another? I like the um when you do the double claw shot minigame in Castle. Oh yeah. And you get the fangirls, and the guy gets all salty about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so much personality, like. You compare it, like, uh, I cannot, this is, one of the things that I cannot understand is the people that say that Twilight Princess is just Dull. Ocarina of Time again. Oh. 
Specifically when they say it's Ocarina of Time again, because like, yeah, it is, but it's so much fucking better. Yes. <laughs> so much. <laughs> yes. Well, I think, I think it's like Ocarina of Time in like, in a narrative and in like a dungeon sense, but like everything else, everything else that it does, it's like, it's it's kind of different. Like the, the, all the side stuff is completely different. Pose, okay, no, that's like the Gold plus I whatever. But like everything else is so cool. Yeah, like structurally it's very similar, but it's also like better. <laughs> like, so I don't really care. How how is it better, King K? Elaborate for the audience. How is it better? Well, okay, think about it like this. The overworld has stuff going on in it. The side quests are more interesting and there are more of them. Uh, obviously there are still some flops. There's better fishing. Um, there's way more people in the world itself. You know, like stuff like that. Um, the dungeons are, okay, this is more like up for debate maybe, but like the dungeons I feel like execute what they want to do a little better than what Ocarina of Time tried to do. Yes. You know? Like I feel like it's a natural next step when you look at um, like the uh, the Fire Temple in Ocarina of Time, you compare it to the um, Goron, Goron Mines, Mines for yeah. instance. Um, I feel like they, they do more interesting things in the Goron's Mines. It's not like, I like the Fire Temple. But I feel like there's there's more like interactions with the iron boots going on as opposed to like the hammer, which like you use like the twice. hammer has always weirded me out as a Zelda item. Yeah, you get stuff like the the Temple of Time is now like a fully fleshed out dungeon that is like it has an interesting thing going on in it where you go through it and then you go back through it the same way but with like a cool Dominion Rod puzzle thing, and then there's stuff like the combat, you know. The combat is, like, it's yes. not, like, in and of itself, it's not, like, the best thing ever, but, like, compared to Ocarina of Time, it is and way more And compared to Breath out. of the Wild, I'm gonna say that, too. In terms of what you can do, yes. I would agree. Because there's, there's, like, n Breath of the Wild's combat felt so regressive, but we'll get to that. Um, but I, yeah, I like all the flashy moves you can do. It's just a shame that all of these flashy combat moves are in service of such an easy game. That's the only drawback yeah. to it. Like, I wish there were... If someone made, like, an honest-to-God hard mode patch for, like, the the ISO or something, that would be pretty kick-ass. Like, where, like, but, you, you know, actually... Yeah, I would like said, that, too. The Cave of Ordeals was a pleasantly fun little side distraction. Oh yeah, I was surprised like one of the last challenges you can do is like there are a whole bunch of fucking dark nuts like three dark nuts three. you fight them at once and it's not, they're not the dark easy nuts? peasy yeah. dark nuts from Wind Waker that you fight a million times. These guys are like multi-stage mini bosses and if you have three of them always, at once yeah. you're gonna have your work cut out for you mm -hmm. There's one where they throw those at you with Aerolfos next to them Oh yeah, that's Those right. Those are a fucking tricky one. Um, I like the Dark Nuts in this game a lot. I do too. I like how um, they're, they're not like the most complicated Zelda enemy in the world, but like, I like how you strip down the armor and then you'd expect to be done, but then they're like, nah, bitch. It's sword play now. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's time to go fencing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're a little rough. It's just really interesting. Like, they play with those concepts a lot, and that's why I think it's just... Okay, narratively too... I don't, I think they're like, I don't think there's anything like inherently like way better about Ocarina, like compared to Ocarina of Time, but just stuff like 
I feel like there are like in terms of they have they both have solid theming. They both have interesting characters. I feel like Twilight Princess maybe goes the extra mile in terms of having an interesting companion character, having a um having a more having maybe like okay, having maybe more of an explicit build up into the final boss because Ocarina of Time had its moments. But like Twilight Princess kind of goes all out in terms of how it builds up like where Ganon was and his relationship with uh, the the I don't know if they just call them the sages they, or like yeah. the, the people in the Arbiter's Ground yeah yeah how they like locked him up and how he was freed and his interactions with like the Twilight Realm people and I just think that's a what cool cross pollination hold up hold up know? hold up what the fuck yes Mila yo. What the fuck? Luke, you said to hold up. Yeah, wait a second. Mila, what's wrong? What is this? He's speaking to Yo. his dog. No, no, no. I'm speaking to you guys, too. Mila. So. This you is boys weird. boys come here often? This is weird. No, I'm talking to you now. Um. Why is there so much weird stuff happening today? Ugh. Like my dog. My dog is yeah. like freaking out. Uh, to me, it all just comes down to the fact that I find Ocarina of Time boring, and I do not find this game boring at Did all. Did you just ignore what I said? <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? Wait 20 years for you to finish? I don't know. What do you mean? That's finish? what he said. Because <laughs> it's just like I obviously agree with all the things that King K said, but wait, what? What it comes down to is, I if I don't care about a cutscene, I can skip it. Wait, if I want to mash through dialogue. I can do that. I can't do that wait, in Ocarina yeah. of Time. And the story in Ocarina of Time is so boilerplate and generic. That it's just like not worth forcing the player to watch every character render on screen. Whereas this, a lot more interesting, a lot more visual. Did like there are actual cutscenes, like the one where the shadow beasts attack the throne room at Hyrule Castle. And they like have actual yeah. cinematography and stuff, instead of just a flat medium shot of Roru doing a stock animation and talking at you. It's like yeah. so much more interesting than Ocarina of Time ever the, was. Yeah, it also achieves a lot of the same things in terms of building up the threat. Yeah. Because I know you talked about there are parts where it, there are holes in it, but like I think it's kind of just like what Ocarina of Time does, but maybe like arguably a little better. Yeah. You know, I mean, Ganon, Ganon takes over the world in Ocarina of Time, but it is also there are similar holes in it, you know? Like, he, he affects a lot of the world, but some of it feels a little, like, too pleasant, especially with the music tracks that accompany it. Yeah. Um, but with Twilight Princess, it's arguably, like, the Twilight has infested everywhere, and you have to rid it of it, of that Twilight. Come here. Yeah. Come here. Come here. Yeah. Come here. And that's why I just Same. don't get why it being similar to Ocarina of Time is a negative point. It's a negative point if you yeah. consider it the best game of all time and want something different. But that said, yeah, I, I do so. not consider Ocarina of Time the best game of all time. I consider it an okay game that has well, its high points. I would also say that like, if, if 
like it would be a bad thing if if it was being compared to Ocarina of Time. Like, oh, it's just Ocarina of Time. If it didn't do what Ocarina of Time did, either as good or better, then obviously it would be a bad thing. But like, like most of us agree here that does what Ocarina sets out to do, but way better. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. It's my second favorite 3D Zelda game. Mm, indeed. Putting that on the table. Ooh. Well, I'm out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> King K. Mm. What are your thoughts on Twilight Princess? Just replay what I said earlier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, now that we've finished <laughs> listening... Don't actually do that. Don't actually do that. <laughs> Instead, you play could. the clip of Exo screaming at the rabbits. Uh, again? Look, it's... Yes! <laughs> if if you held me at gunpoint, it's my favorite Zelda game. That's all that needs to be said. Right. Um, as for me, this game has moved a little bit down in the world for me over time, I guess. Because uh, I... One thing that Haydock said earlier was just that he judges a game based on how often you feel the urge to go replay it. Um, at the time, in 2006, this was like a game that completely changed the way I viewed video games. I mean, obviously there were games that did what it did before that, but I didn't know about them and I hadn't played them. Um, but it's like nowadays, it's just like, I can replay the first Paper Mario game a million times, and I have and it's still just as engaging as it was the first time. But with this game, it's just like every time I replay it, like nowadays I do start to see why people don't like the intro. I do start to kind of see, cause, it, cause it's like my brother, for example, had a very similar experience that Hadox did. It's just like, I was playing this game and I loved it. And I said like, dude, you gotta play this. And then like, he got like two dungeons in and was just so bored he could never finish it. He never finished the game until about like a year ago over the summer where he's just like, you know what, I should finish that. And then he kind of made himself finish it. And he was like, that was pretty good. But I still like Wind Waker more. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I kind yeah. of understand where those people are coming from now. Um, Cause it's just like, I could see how you could, t cause it's like you guys were talking about how this game was realistically as good as it could have been. I mean, like, for the most part, for me, it is, but the critic in me is looking at this and saying, like, you probably could have done more with the Twilight, you probably could have maybe tweaked this or that here and there, like, for example, make the spinner uh, an actual, like, actually good for transportation, you know what I mean? Like, in the overworld, so you don't have to call for Epona. You could just ride the spinner, and that would have been kick-ass, but they didn't do that. You know, it's just, you know, some small things, some, you know, minor criticisms, but for me, it's, I don't know, I guess my thing is, it's just like, there, I, there are things I can look at and say, this is legitimately well-designed, but there are other things where, like, if I had not played this in 2006, when I was 12 years old, at that very specific period in my life, would I like this game as much? And I'm not sure the answer to that. I do think that there is some element of me still riding that high from when I was that age, creeping into my video game opinions here. You know what I'm saying? And 
I don't know. Sometimes I think about that, but then I think about times where like I played a lot of like Super Mario Sunshine when I was a kid, and it was like one of my favorite games ever at the time. And then over time, it just kind of was like, eh, kind of. Like I still like it a lot, but like, um, there have been a lot of games that I played a lot as a kid, like Sonic Adventure. <laughs> um, the first one, me. anyway. You wound me. I still, I still like it. I don't like. I still <laughs> like it. It's just that when I was a kid, I was like in love with it. You know Insane. what I mean? Mm. But then I look at Twilight Princess, and that like maybe has moved a little bit down, but like barely any. You know, and that to me is like the mark of something that like I I do truly like it for just what it is. And I mean, it's I can't Im like separate myself fully from that nostalgia. But, like, there are so many other cases where a game that's super nostalgic, I don't play a lot anymore because I just have fallen out of favor with it. So yeah. I do think there's something inherent about it that I still click with to this day. Mm -hmm. I agree. You know, like, one thing also about this game is that people always talk about how, like, boring it's grab and it has, like, no soul. But it's just like... That, to me, what is what fuck? Ocarina of Time is. This game has so much fucking personality it has so much fucking charm it's like yeah like on the surface it looks pretty it looks pretty drab but when you dig deep enough like it's got so much fucking charm to it I love racing the Yetas just on the snowboard course and then whack them with the little sword and then she spins out of control like that's just that's charming to me you know it's cute yeah Agatha everything involving with Agatha that's great the, the Poe guy, the guy with the, the, the bow and the hookshot thing, the, the, the guy who has the charity in Hyrule Castle Town, and, and like, he, he asks for money, give him a heart piece, he, every time you talk to him, he goes, oh, I remember that guy. When Mallow opens the shop, the baby. The fucking Mallowmark guy with the little <laughs> record player on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because initially they don't let you in because you're like, oh, your shoes are dirty. Or you can actually you know, get your shoes something. cleaned and go in, but then it's just like everything is like so expensive, your wallet can't physically hold that much cash. Yeah. So yeah. no matter what, you have to make it Mallow Mart, Castletown location. And that, that baby is one hell of a venture capitalist. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> the fucking music that plays inside Malamart too is the let's best thing ever. Let's get fuck. Let's get fuck. Cocksucker. Let's get fuck. I love it. Yep. Uh, Haydox, do you have any final thoughts? No. Okay. Well, everybody, <laughs> it's uh, a welcome. Great fucking game. Er, thank you for joining us for this. These two hours and thirteen minutes. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. Uh, please smash that like button and subscribe to Haydox's channel and eventually he will make a video. He promised me. Um, so until next time, we're the Unverse <laughs> cast and I have to go feed my cat. See you guys next time. Ah. Ah. Oh. Please check out our YouTube channel for video versions of all of our podcasts. The music used in this podcast is as follows. Aces High, Airport Lounge, Apero Hour, Awesome Call, Bossa Antigua, Bossa Bossa, Chucky the Construction Worker, Continue Life, 
Cool Vibes, Crinoline Dreams, Deuces, Dirt Roads, Dispersion Relation, District 4, Eternity, Fireflies and Stardust, Funning and Sunning, Funky Chunk, Hard Boiled, Pepcats, In Your Arms, Intractable, Jazz Brunch, Leopard Print Elevator, Lobby Time, Local Forecast Slower, Matt's Blues, No Good Layabout, Novelle Noel, Porch Swing Days Slower, Samba Isabel, Shades of Spring, Sidewalk Shade Slower, Somewhere Sunny Version 2, Street Party, Water Droplets on the River, White, and Winter Chimes. All of these tracks were composed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and are licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. You can find this license at http colon double backslash creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 4.0 backslash. This episode was edited by King K. Check me out at youtube.com slash user slash kingdom clanad. Thank you all very much for watching our podcast, and we'll see you all next time.